GXP Podcast. Chatting with the coolest people from across the Midwest who do some awesome things. We've been at this a minute. <laughs> and that's the podcast. Thanks for coming out. See you next year. Yeah, we love it. Now, here's your host, Brian Lee. Welcome to the GXP Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks to everybody that's been listening so far. This will be episode number 16. Yes, I said it's 16. We got DJ Sweet 16. We got DJ Verbatim in the studio. What up, world? There it is. And uh, we got world-renowned comedian, actor, and all-around great guy, Tim Sullivan, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, that's me. I All-around great guy. All-around great guy. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, man? Good. Uh, so I'm doing well. 16, this is a good uh, number. It is. And if it was 15, that wouldn't be so good. <laughs> right? <laughs> 17, probably good, though. 17? I don't know if there was a 15. or if There was a 15. skipped over it like the elevator floors. No. We, yeah. have, we had a 13 as well. Ooh, we did have a 13. We probably should have thought about that. Uh, yeah. What was episode what? 13? I gotta look and see who was on episode 13. Spooky episode. I, I'm sure it was really <laughs> good, though. So, it was you know. great. Uh, 15 was Skittles. 13 was Rissy. That, oh, that one yeah. was a good one. That was a good episode. That was a good Same. episode. And DJ Apostrophe. DJ Apostrophe Tina. Yeah. Shout out. Yes. So see, we got 16 on the wall right there, too. Yeah, look at that. Oh, yeah. See? Wow. Yeah. We're gonna, you're going to be seeing 16, whoever's listening to this, <laughs> in your life. 16 will be. <laughs> like the next week, you're going to spot the number 16. Yeah, like, right. You're going to think of this podcast and have to re-listen to it. He was yes. right. 16's everywhere. <laughs> everywhere oh my god um so have you listened to uh, any of the episodes at all i have not i was uh i know i gotta be honest with that's you. great no that's yeah. fine um you know uh what the fuck do we know but, but i will uh, be listening <laughs> but i will be listening to them now going forward i you, From you, you gave me well you gave me the information on how to uh how to listen to it i didn't, I didn't have the information yeah they are lengthy aren't they uh you know i look at a lot of other people's podcasts and they're like an hour hour and a half we're like two hours and 45 minutes almost three hours i, I like long podcast when i'm listening to them because once you're involved in something you want to right you know, keep it going instead of having to you know it fight. just rabbit holes so much yeah. like uh, we, 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 we could break off... them up in parts too i guess <sighs> but what the fuck fun is that i uh, i know i know but i'm just saying i, I guess so so uh, you haven't listened so you don't know about boo mcnutt we talk about mm -hmm. boo mcnutt on every single episode and that's that's boo mcnutt you got to meet him so you're one of uh 16 people that have got to meet. <laughs> yeah. like 16 well, plus. 16 plus, you guys yeah. haven't, has, have you described described it at all? Well, he, uh, you know, he, he looks like he may be native. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's he's quite, I would say. Polynesian, I think. Yeah. Um, he, he's been in every one of my grandfather's uh, bars in his homes. Ever since oh, that's I can remember. how he originated? Yeah. That's how you remember? Yeah. So then he's been on the podcast now. Um, he's probably going to have his own Instagram here pretty soon here once people start figuring out who he is. <laughs> He'll probably have way more uh, likes than mine. Xander will run his Instagram. Yeah, right? He, he's been going a while, it seems, then. Yeah. He'll got his thing here, yeah. Boom McNutt. Boom McNutt. Any yeah. relation to Marvin? <laughs> yeah. We've had a couple people ask that. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, we don't know. We'll get Marvin on. Great grandfather yeah. on his dad's uncle's side. Yeah, right. We should get know. Marvin McNutt on here. 
I know him. Sweet. I know him. So I know him. I know him. No, he used to shop at my store yeah. all the time. All time leading receiver. Yeah. Iowa history. Yeah. 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 And he was the head coach for the the Titans, Titans at the time. Yeah, the Titans. Yeah. Um, there was like a, a football camp out at Co a couple of years ago, and I took my son to it, and Marvin was out there, and I was like, "This is my boy." And then I go pick up Xander. He's like, "Dude, he was chucking passes to me all day," and I'm like, "You know how cool that is? <laughs> <laughs> Were you catching him?" <laughs> True story. Yeah, I haven't met him personally. I met a friend of his um, when I worked for Directv. I hooked up like the week before football started and I was hooking up their direct TV and he was like, Oh yeah, we're going to have Marvin McNutt over cause he's a friend of mine. And so we got to talking about um, him and Adrian Arrington and who I went to school with, who went to Michigan. Um, Dedrick Ward. Yeah. Dedrick Ward went to Washington as well. So yeah, it's, I haven't met Marvin personally. I, I yet, remember uh, I was watching uh, at a casino. I was watching the Iowa versus Michigan state uh, football game. I believe it was 2009 uh, when it came down to the last second. Yeah, Martin yeah. McNutt, oh, yeah. Pass from Ricky Stanzi in the end zone. Yeah. And it was like two or three seconds, something like that, something left on the time clock or whatever. And I was watching it at this casino bar, and I was also texting uh, a friend of mine or whatever, and then they said, oh, it's over. Screw it. And then so I thought, like, they were ahead on the feed, and, like, we had lost. So I started telling people at the bar, it's over. I guess my friends just said that we had lost. And, like, what? What? and so I'm, like, all disappointed. And the next thing you know, you see this, like, play, and he catches this amazing, you know, pass. Oh, and we man. win the game. And I'm like, I was still so stunned. And people are like, what are you talking about? Is, is it over or what? I'm like, I'm, maybe it's being reversed. I don't know. I don't know how far <laughs> behind we are. And, and, uh, end up sticking. So That's, I, I hate watching games on ESPN, too, because it's like four minutes behind. So it says is it something. really? Yeah. It's not, it's oh, not no. like. So you'll see something. You'll see, like, watch it on a Cubs game. Like, while you're watching a Cubs game, have ESPN up and watch it. And you'll see, like, the strikeout happen, like, five minutes before it actually shows up on the on the app well what, what screws me is that i got the app on my phone right and so like something will happen and then it'll, it'll notify me and then i'm like it hasn't happened yet on tv oh. I'm like, don't fucking ruin it <laughs> yeah, yeah. god damn it but i love that app when i'm yeah. not watching the game yeah. because it's like i know what's going on <laughs> <laughs> but yeah iowa football is coming that's exciting yeah that's exciting. yeah we're in august now and uh is it the last no it's the first week of september right i believe it's uh 31st of is august it, I think yeah i want to say that's when it starts should be a night game yeah. 6 p.m i believe how do we play um, like ball state or miami something? of ohio oh my okay yeah so it's always like ball state's we'll, a good good we'll, we'll give option. you one we'll give yeah. you one you know yeah, just, yeah. just don't <laughs> fuck this up otherwise you're screwed the entire season yeah. there's been times where we lost that first game yeah. and then had a decent season but yeah. everybody's like are you fucking kidding me yeah it's all about, I mean, the first, the non-conference games in the beginning of the season, it's all about the Iowa State game yeah. for the most part. Yeah, well, I mean, usually be... we should be able to beat, this year is going to be crazy. I, I heard the stat sure. the other day that for the first time ever, um, that Iowa and Iowa State are both in the preseason top yeah. 25. Yeah. First time ever. First time ever. I mean, just that Iowa State is even in the preseason. In, Co- oh. Coaches top 25. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, so Iowa, I think uh, That's gonna be Iowa a... State's like 15, Iowa's like 19 or something. Yeah. Like that, so. Yeah. Something like That's that. That's pretty yeah. crazy. Yeah, should be a good game. It always is, but you going in any games? You got any tickets? Uh, I will plans? be going to some yeah. games, but uh, I usually just buy my tickets ahead of time for the uh, Big Ten championship, just okay. assuming that we're going to go. Right. And then uh, turns out if they don't go, then I I don't have to pay the full price or whatever. But but uh, oh, is that so, how that works? Uh, yeah, oh. yeah. There's a little, I never uh, never knew there's that. There's a uh, uh, you know there's different ways to get tickets, but there's one site that uh, does a deal where if you're if like let's say you're a Hawkeye fan and the Hawkeyes make it, they just charge you a ticket fee for doing the the pre-price and then right. then you pay the actual price of the ticket if they oh. make it if not oh. then they don't charge you the price of that's the ticket. Nice. i always wondered that like 
are you just out money because yeah. they didn't make it to the Big Ten right. championship? But uh, that makes sense. I guess that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, so that I've is... done that last couple of years, but the problem is I just had to pay the ticket. That, uh, but it was only like twenty or forty bucks or something like that. But right. Uh, but we didn't make it the last couple of years. But yeah, yeah. the reason I did is because when I did go to the one that we went to when the Hawkeyes were in against Michigan State, that was probably one of the most exciting atmospheres and games I've ever been to. In yeah, a, that game was awesome. Life, so. It uh, didn't end the way we wanted, but, right. but it was an yeah, awesome it game. Came down the yeah. last, you know, few seconds it was of the an game, awesome game. And, and it was basically for a chance to play in the uh, national championship tournament. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 the college that's playoff what made it such a big thing, and we were still undefeated at the time. So yeah. that was that was. The, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever get those scenarios again, but just being in that situation that made it really exciting so I'm yeah we'll probably to... never see another undefeated season <laughs> yeah. i hate to say it but <laughs> no, we i mean that's it's definitely hard but i mean yeah but not yeah, in our lifetime really you just got to win that yeah. one hard game at the end of the year in the big 10 championship if you're able to beat a ohio state or michigan or penn state or somebody yeah. like that in the championship yeah. assuming you beat these you know wisconsin's and yeah we're definitely in the easier side. of the two yeah. i think but yeah but yeah, that that yeah. I, I, so. The kids and I were at the uh, game uh, back in seventeen when uh, we played Penn State, and it came down to that very last play in the end zone. Mm. Oh Remember yeah, that? yeah. We came back from behind. That game sucked too. And, uh, oh, when Penn State won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, State. yeah. And so that was the kids. Uh, Wasn't that uh, a whiteout? Or we did a blackout or something? We did. For that it was, game? Uh, no, gold. Gold out. That's it was, right. It was yeah. all. Yeah. It was all gold. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, it was so funny because you know my son's really into football, and uh, it was such an intense game. Right. Uh-huh. And uh, we have these Penn State fans in front of us. Great people. Awesome people. And uh, um, dude got so mad when we got ahead that he punched the uh, the bleacher and his hand was bleeding. So I gave him some <laughs> napkins and stuff, you know. And then at the end of the game, we end up losing right at the last second. You yeah. know, literally, it's yeah. like I have I have the video and we're just like, ah, everybody was just like, yeah. what the fuck just happened? And my son's so mad and we're leaving. And we're like, hey, you know, good game. That was awesome. Man. I mean, we didn't even expect to be that good. Yeah. So that was that was super exciting and we get in the car and my son starts starts crying and he's like i'm like dude what are you crying for he's like you don't understand how much football means to me and i'm like oh buddy <laughs> this is football this is as good as it was gonna yeah. get besides winning you yeah. know and, yeah. and uh, saquon barkley it was a fingernail away oh, he just gotten a fingernail dude, up yeah. and it tipped was, that ball out of bounds and that would have been saquon killed us in that yeah. game yeah he's hopping over everybody and yeah. so like uh three days later he's playing against undefeated uh williamsburg right and the same thing happens they're down they get up they're down they get back up and then they williamsburg marches down the field and does the exact same thing at the very end (laughs) and like me and a couple dads in the stands are like fuck me man this is just like sunday or saturday (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah and so i go to talk to my son after the game and he's super salty now (laughs) you know (laughs) why does this keep happening (laughs) yeah like i'll tell you dude uh so bad <laughs> yeah the penn state fans they were actually they are really nice to yeah, nice fans great uh, people I, I went out to the penn state iowa game this last season and uh i mean yeah they couldn't be any night it was ridiculous everybody's coming up to you even at the state how are you guys doing you yeah. doing good can i get you guys anything? i'm like i'm oh, just a fan here you know? yeah yeah <laughs> but uh they were yeah they were pretty nice the worst fans that i ever uh, went to as far as college football is uh wisconsin they're they're was, pretty brutal man yeah yeah and I, I went to a wisconsin game at wisconsin and we luckily won that game, but the whole up until we actually won, it was just shit. We were like three, crazy. we yeah. were three people. I think it was four of us, um, in the middle of all this red, you know, and they're just giving it to us the whole game, and and the whole game it was never out of reach. We were always yeah. kind of within. I think this was like twenty, I want to say twenty eleven, maybe something like that. Um, but yeah, that was it. Was actually one of 
it's an awesome atmosphere. No, it's there. great. Yeah, you know, I, every time they, score, I love, they do jump yeah, around. Like yeah, I thought that yeah, was yeah. cool, but I'm glad yeah. we won because I don't know if we I love made Madison. I mean, I like Wisconsin and everything, but I just I don't like Wisconsin bad yeah, fans. Yeah, horrible, especially during game day. They yeah. I, I seen a lady one time when Iowa was doing good. I went to the game there, and uh, this one Iowa fan stands up in the midst of Wisconsin fans and cheers. Yeah, and then an old lady. She had been like in her 80s had a glass bottle for some reason and she picked it up a glass beer bottle and chucked it at the Iowa guy's head like a couple of ahead of her and she was like, like sit down and throw it at him and I'm not exaggerating like sometimes people tell those stories and it seems right. that really happened and then another time I was at a Wisconsin game oh I was standing God. outside the bars like there was one bar kind of near the stadium and everybody's standing outside you know blending into the street and there's like Wisconsin fans and then I have my back turned and for some reason some Wisconsin fan comes up and just like slugs me in like the kidney from behind <laughs> and I couldn't tell who it was because it was such a mass of fans walking by and then seen another wisconsin fan he's like why'd you do that and he like threw a beer on him and it was just <laughs> oh god they are horrible fans though <laughs> i will say that so yeah could you horrible. imagine being a penn state fan though after everything but, they've yeah, been through i you mean know? god yeah they got a I After mean, it sucks that they Paterno <laughs> and Sandusky and all that. Like, man, we were having a good conversation about football, and now you bring it. Well, dark. I'm just, I, yeah. well, we just started talking about it. And I was just Can like, you could imagine? you imagine? Maybe that's why they're so nice because they well, know that they've been through all that. Yeah, let me imagine that. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be horrible. I, I don't oh, yeah. want to uh, <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> I mean, no, you got to be. Uh, I mean, you're a fan if you're a fan. I mean, you hey, know? maybe we haven't, uh, you know, in uh, the last decade have won as many national championships as uh, Penn State, but uh, you know. We we didn't have we, that happen. We didn't have that. Happen. Yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have to go through that. Yeah. And then you got the uh, whole Horrible. Catholic re- religion, like uh, just keep focus on Penn State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, that was crazy. Just going through all that, just as, from outside or looking in, just man. Yeah, and yeah. They, they'll still always be throwing jokes out about that. Yeah, you're never gonna live that down. It sucks, but yeah. You know, so the uh, the story that you're talking about when you were in Wisconsin kind of reminded me of a story. Uh, I went to a Cubs uh, White Sox games uh, game uh, back in June, right? Miserable day, it rained the whole fucking time, uh, but still at Wrigley, it's it's a good place, and White Sox fans um, are are really pretty brutal, you know, because it's an inner city chat, you yeah. know, like uh, rivalry, like that. Yeah. and uh, uh, you know the first the first pitch of the game, uh, White Sox player goes yard. And, and, and all the Cubs fans are like, shit, this is going to suck. Here we go. Yeah. And the, and, and they're just chirping like crazy. Right. And then, uh, the, uh, the bottom half of the inning Contreras hits, uh, uh, that grand slam. It's when he went yard twice in that game. Right. And, and they got quiet. Like, you know, all the White Sox fans are like, oh man. So it was one to zero. Now it's four to one Cubs. Right. And I remember saying, <laughs> And we had all these rows of White Sox fans in front of us. And I was like, it's never been this loud over on the south side. <laughs> so I was that fan, right? You yeah. know? <laughs> and uh, uh, one inning, uh, Schwarber threw up a ball after, you know, playing long ball in between the innings there, right? And a White Sox fan caught it and he threw it back on the field, right? So that's pretty disrespectful, you mm-hmm. know? You only do that. We do that to the other team's balls when yeah. they come out, right? And everybody's like, oh, boo. And I was like, not even Cardinals fans would stoop that low. <laughs> so I'm the jerk. You're <laughs> that guy. I'm the jerk. You're that guy. But everybody around us was laughing. So yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, oh, that's true, you know? <laughs> <laughs> is the is the both Chicago teams rivalry or the Cubs Cardinals rivalry more Cubs, intense Cubs Cardinals that's probably, probably bigger rivalry because yeah. it's, it's like two massive cities it's like the you second know? biggest probably in the whole it league. is played for the division uh, no nah, Brewers and Cubs man you know they call they call the Brewer Stadium up in Milwaukee Wrigley North 
which oh. is funny because it's. So I think Yankee, Yankees Red Wrigley's Sox. on the north side of yeah, Chicago. Yeah, yeah, but... yeah. Norther. You would think Yankees Red Sox. Yeah, that's definitely that. Big. That would be number one, and then I would say, well, Dodgers, Giants are probably a big one. Yeah, and but then, then Cubs, Cubs Cardinals have to be up there. Absolutely, they have uh, to be up it's there. top three rivalry for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you not know, top just two. based on the fan base and so forth, you know, I mean. In the history, you're, and you're the talking about and... like the six biggest teams in baseball, yeah, yeah. really. You know what I'm saying? That's so, true. Uh, you know, but in our division, I would definitely say, you know, Brewers and Pir- in our division, and, yeah, and Pir- yeah. the Reds are the only ones that we're just like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> you know, like, we... <laughs> when have they done anything? Well, I mean, except the big fight that they had. Like, I just last love week. pissing off Joey Votto. He hates the Cubs so bad that it's just like, ooh, I would love to have you traded to the Cubs. This would be so fun. <laughs> That would be pretty fun. <laughs> He'd be like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Tim, yeah. what do you have? Go- what do you have coming up? Going on? What's been? What have you well, been doing? I mean, yeah, it's funny we've been talking about college football somehow. While we got on that, I uh, I can't give you all the details or whatever right now, but I do have a project coming up this uh, college football season. And go with somebody else here in town that uh, everybody would know, and uh, also has to do with. Uh, there might be somebody involved from the MGM Grand. There's a whole big oh, wow. thing coming on uh, that I'll be doing during the college football season, but I've got to finalize it this weekend before I can really talk about it. But I'll, I can always tell awesome. you guys off the air. Yeah, yeah that'd yeah, be awesome. awesome. Yeah. Awesome. But uh, yeah. Look out that'll... for that. Yeah. Dude, you've had a hell of a career, man. I mean, you've been doing stand up how long? Yeah. Uh, I just, so I guess I wouldn't say celebrated, but uh, I just uh, marked my uh, 23rd year of the first time that I got on stage. Congratulations, man. Jokes, Dude, so, that's yeah. huge. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely a professional comedian. Um, If you've ever seen any of uh, Tim Sullivan's shows, uh, he is freaking hilarious. I mean, you're one of the funniest people I uh, I know. You know, and 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 everybody expects you know podcast for you to be telling jokes and shit. No, go out and see his fucking show. Pay the fourteen dollars. <laughs> he's yeah. not gonna he's not well, gonna do not... stand up on my show here. <laughs> yeah, you know? I'm, not, I'm not. Sometimes I mean, you'll have comedians. Uh, obviously, there's a million different kinds of, kind of comedians, but I don't just come on and make a animated mess out of myself, you know, like going crazy and trying to you know get every uh, joke in that I can and and being obnoxious. I'm I'm a pretty uh laid back kind of person but uh i uh i just try to insert jokes in life you know where you can get them in i guess my first way i was doing it, i i grew up in uh tim you were mentioning that you have a big family uh yeah. i grew up in a big family as well so uh one of the ways to stand out i guess or to get any kind of attention when you grow up in a family like that is just do something humorous or whatever so anytime family or uncles or anything would come over to the house i'd be putting on little outfits and coming out and you know doing little routines for him and stuff <laughs> like awesome. that yeah you know I, mean? I was just talking to one of my uncles about that the other day and he was like i remember when you used to do that and i'm like yeah i would look forward to anybody new coming to the house just so i had could, you know and now i could do a new set or whatever you know but um and then uh and then i used to attend uh saint jude's uh elementary in in town and i i I can distinctly remember when I was in second grade, somebody telling me you should be a comedian when you get older. And I never knew what, a, I never knew what, what is a comedian? I just, I was just being funny and or just being myself right. is what I considered it. And so, um, and then somebody told me, yeah, it's where you tell jokes and people laugh or whatever. And then I seen, when I was like a little kid, so I seen Johnny Carson on TV and I was the only person that was on TV really telling jokes that was making people laugh. So I was like, well, that's, yeah. that's what I want to do. I want to be Johnny Carson. I want to, <laughs> you know, tell jokes and make people laugh or whatever. And then, um, so then, this is sort of almost from that point on, then that's kind of what I thought I would do with my life. I was like, I, okay, that's what I'll do. I'll just, I'll just be funny and I'll make people laugh. And, and so, uh, that's pretty much been my goal. Although I had to, uh, you know, at one point I, I uh, found professional wrestling in my life. And, uh, when I was about 10 years old and yep. I was like, that's what I want to do now. <laughs> I want to be the macho man, Randy Savage. And, uh, 
So, <laughs> so then I kind of felt like I was cheating on my comedy, uh, uh, idea there for about a year or two while I was really into wrestling. And I was like, Oh man, now I feel bad. Cause I, I wanted to be a wrestler instead of a comedian, you know? And, uh, but then I went back to wanting to be a comedian. So, cause I realized, look at me, I'm not, yeah. I'm, there's no way I'm going to be a professional yeah. wrestler. So. You're not far off. <laughs> Nowadays, yeah. <laughs> Nowadays I probably could. But, uh. So you did some acting and stuff too, right? Yeah. I, uh, well, I remember, re- uh, when I first moved out West, I moved to Portland, Oregon and, um, I, uh, I never did any acting or anything in school I, other than, you know, just my antics. I did a lot of weird stuff. I would come to school dressed like Elvis sometimes and <laughs> things like that awesome. and just show up. And I would, you know, I, one time I, I it was weird. Oh, cause I, then I would also incorporate some of the wrestling stuff and humor together in a way. So, uh, one time I came to school and I showed people how to cut hair. And so I put a sleeper on this baby and I, uh, put him to sleep and then i cut the baby's eyes what the fuck (laughs) 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 a whole long thing but uh too much to get into right now but uh well i guess we do have three hours i guess Uh, yeah (laughs) but uh uh, and uh so i don't know where where i don't even know where i was going with that Um, acting Uh, oh yeah so uh, i never did any of that in school other than like i said that kind of weird stuff but um uh when i got to portland there was a acting agency out there and they had filmed a lot of different movies and things like that in oregon because it was like really good tax credits that hollywood would get for film and stuff up there so there ended up being like tons of movies unbeknownst to me until i moved there um being filmed there so i got in with this acting agency out there and then the first audition that i ever went to for any sort of acting thing is in this building downtown portland and i uh was walking up to go audition for it. I got all the way upstairs, almost opened the door, and then I was—I just got way too nervous. I was like, I, I can't do this. I'm just I, what? I, yeah, I got way too nervous. I was like, I can't. So I started walking back down, walked down the street, got almost back into my car, and then I just told myself, I said, you know what? If I just don't go up there and at least try to do this, no matter how stupid or horrible I am, then. I'll, I'll never get the guts up to do it again. Right, Why yeah. would I? You'll regret it forever. Yeah. So I just, I have to, you, have, you just have to do it. You just have to do it at least once and then, you know, get up there and do it. So I went up there and I did it. And then it turned out I got the part for this, uh, the, like the one of the main roles in the, this, it was like a smaller independent movie thing or whatever. But I was, but it, so it wasn't like a big thing that anybody would know me from or anything, but it was just the fact that yeah, I had it. walked out and then I told myself, no, right. go back up there. And so I wasn't a, going back up there expecting that I'm going to get the part. I was just happy with myself that I went through the process and got done with it. And then, you know, but the fact that I got the part on top of it, it, you know, made it extra cool. And then, so that, then we were filming this movie all around Portland in different places. And sometimes like three o'clock in the morning or some old bowling alley and stuff like that. And, and that was just, that was like one of the funnest things I ever did was just sitting there, you know, waiting to film movies and and, uh, waiting for my scene and uh, being up at two o'clock in the morning and so that was like the first um, sort of acting thing I did. And then I did, you know, numerous other things um, when I was in Portland. W- one thing that, that did piss me off, though, when I was in with his acting agency, I went to an audition for, it was for a PlayStation, I don't know, two console game or something like that. And I was just going to do a voiceover for it. And I can't remember what the game was, but it was some sort of like fighting king castle game or something where they got swords or something some sort of playstation game and i was just supposed to do the voices for this commercial and it kind of it was weird because they had you do all the voices at once instead of just doing one in particular so you had to like read the whole script and then change voice immediately and change voice again so you had like three or four characters that that you were having you so it was difficult in that sense but i did this voice where 
um, this knight, I guess, is he got, gets his head chopped off in the game or something like that. And then it's supposed to be like you hear this director say, all right, cut. No, right, let's do that scene again. And then he's like, oh, Nigel, you just you just cut my head off. I can't believe you cut my head off, Nigel. And then but I, that's not how I read it. But I read it like, oh, Nigel, I can't believe. You. Anyways, um, <laughs> so uh, I can't believe you cut my head off. I don't know whatever I was doing. And then the lady uh, behind the booth, she stops me and she says, no, th these are like very serious knights. These they wouldn't be like sounding whiny and stuff like that. You so they're like Nigel you cut my head off you know and so then she made me read it that way and then I didn't I didn't get the voice or anything for it but then when that actual commercial when I saw it come on TV for that commercial it was the exact way that I had read it like with the same type of voice like I don't know why you and I was like you motherfuckers yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, that's uh, funny uh that one pissed me off but um <laughs> that one pissed me off so uh yeah I mean cuz if you can get in a national commercial that you know, airs around the country, like that's one of the most lucrative jobs that you can get. You, you can make tons of money every time those things air. And right. so I was always just looking for just trying to get on, you know, Taco Bell commercial, anything right. like that, you know, because <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to be seen, but if you can just get one word in those commercials, you can make hundreds of thousand dollars a year just, yeah, you know, doing that. But, um, uh, so anyway, so that was, there's a couple other experiences, but I did a couple other, uh, movies and, projects and some intel penny and processing commercial i think i did for um when i was out there in oregon but uh at, after a while eventually i moved down to uh, los angeles and i ended up getting on this um show called john from cincinnati it was like a hbo yep. series show and it was a, that. it was a really interesting show and it, it took a while for audiences to kind of I mean, I couldn't even understand what was going on with it myself, mm. and I still don't. Uh, it was some sort of like <laughs> Jesus type character, maybe uh, comes into like this dysfunctional surfer um, family, and they're all doing heroin, and he kind of gets them to see like, I don't. It was a real strange thing. It had a lot of good people, and it had uh, Rebecca De Mornay, had um, uh, Ed O'Neill. Is, is that O'Neill? Yeah. Uh, Luke Perry, um, Mark Mark Paul Gosler had I don't know had tons tons of um uh who Luis Guzman um oh, wow. had a bunch Mark, of interesting Mark, people. Mark Paul was from uh, Say by the Bell. Say by the Bell. Yep. Luke Perry yep. just recently yeah, just passed. passed yeah, on. Just yeah. passed rest on. Of, yep. God rest his soul. Shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I love Luke Perry from um when he was in the movie Eight Seconds. It was the yeah. story of Lane Frost. And uh, by the way, yesterday was the thirtieth anniversary of Lane Frost's funeral. I don't know if you guys know who Lane Frost is, but he was a world champion bull rider back in the eighties. Oh. And he ended up uh setting like records for being the youngest bull riding champion in the history of that's what eight seconds was yeah, about I didn't yeah. Know that. and yeah. then he ended up at one point uh fall you know after riding those one bull this bull came after him and then it killed him in the bull oh wow ring and he ended up dying and stuff so oh man <clears throat> ended up being a pretty big deal but um and then luke perry played the part of lane frost in this uh, movie eight seconds and so i liked it because uh and i know i'm jumping from top to top about yeah, whatever what i guess for. i can, I guess I can yeah. do that right? yeah you can yeah. do whatever you want <laughs> it's your show man <laughs> um but uh, uh so he but i like movies where it's like a story of somebody that has kind of a dream and then you see them trying to accomplish and get to that dream so like that's kind of what eight seconds was and sometimes if you can mix a love story in with trying to accomplish a dream that those are my favorite movies but oh. um so uh, he tried, you know, to accomplish this dream of becoming a bull rider. So it's an interesting movie. I, I like it for that aspect. Uh, I, that's why I like movies like Rudy. Sure. Um, anything where, you know, somebody has some goal and they're trying to accomplish it. Those are my favorite movies. But um, so, yeah, Luke Perry was in there. So that was kind of a cool thing to me because I 
I don't, you know, care about 90210 or anything, but I just look <laughs> at Luke Perry as being Lane Frost, you know, from right. this movie, Eight Seconds. And so um, anybody that would ever come to my house, if they hadn't seen Eight Seconds, I would make them watch it before they could, like, <laughs> hang out with You me. must watch you this. Guys, uh, <laughs> you mean you haven't seen it? Sit the fuck out. <laughs> Sit down I was right hoping now. you'd say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it probably really isn't that great of a movie for other people, you know, really. And they're like, what? Some weird cowboy movie? I don't know. They feel those, hostage but, in there. But, yeah, but I make them watch it. And, um... So it happens. So if you guys come over, you'll have to watch that but, uh, <laughs> before we go on to anything else. And so, then we'll watch so, Macho Man's Greatest Matches. Yeah. And then we're... We came here for the Iowa game, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll record that. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll watch that tonight. Yeah. <laughs> right now. <laughs> Lane Frost. Yeah. I brought nachos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where's your cowboy hat? You guys should have been wearing. What are you doing? Yeah. We'll change outfits. I no got this for you guys to wear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a little chaps and everything for you guys. Just be prepared. Why are mine assless? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's only gonna last eight seconds. Just chill. <laughs> I see what you did there. That was good. <laughs> Jesus, um, yeah. I was hoping I was gonna get to this level. Funny. I love it. That yeah. was funny. <laughs> right. Oh, good. Yeah. Um. So. Uh. Anyway, so I love that movie. So when Lane, uh, when I call him Lane Frost, but when Luke Perry was in there, um, there's there's a funny thing because there was one scene I wasn't even supposed to have any lines during this. I was in like four different episodes or whatever, and different times. But this one scene I wasn't supposed to have any lines or anything, and uh, I don't know. Maybe I, who knows what I was doing before that, but um. Uh, so I'm trying to think where I'm at. Okay. So they got this scene set up where, uh, there's like a big, sorry, I'm messing up. You're fine. You're fine. But uh, there's like a big stage kind of set up on the beach in uh, California is filmed in this town in Imperial beach, California. And there's a big stage set up and then all the characters and everybody from the movie are there and they're going to, we're filming the scene. I'm supposed to be like this stinkweed surfer guy where he's like, uh, I work for this Luke Perry's. Uh, stinkweed surfer company or whatever stinkweed surfer. that was the name of his surfing company in this particular in this show stinkweed yeah ah, and that so, sounds awesome yeah, yeah. I know. so i think <laughs> that, all the that might have been why i was out of it a little bit and um <laughs> and so uh they gave me they give me a megaphone like a jimmy hart you know megaphone thing to hold for a minute and then um luke perry standing up there giving a speech like right behind me and they got like 20 different bikini models for this particular scene for some reason that are all kind of standing around doing something for the scene or whatever and so it's me. that's the norm in california right yeah it's i think a... so i mean it's, <laughs> it should be and um and so i uh i was standing next to like these 20 bikini models and then i got uh luke perry behind me and then and 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 for some reason it seems like i'm out of place in this scene because nobody but these bikini models luke perry behind me and then here comes mark park osler and i'm supposed to like hand him the megaphone so he can grab it from me and start giving like a speech about whatever he's doing in the movie or whatever. And, um, and so, uh, it's filming. And then, but then, um, as he starts walking upstairs, I'm supposed to hand on this megaphone, but I'm just kind of spacing out. Cause I'm like looking at the, <laughs> well, t- first of all, let me go back a minute. It got a little weird because, um, I didn't know what my, what I was supposed to do for this scene. And this guy comes up and he's like, I just want you to stand right here and just, just stand, chill or whatever. And you hand, uh, Mark Paul Gossler, the megaphone when he comes walking up, that's all you need to do. And then I was like, all right. And then, um, and then he goes, so but I need you to stand here and just like check out the ladies or whatever. And so then I thought like, 
like I had more, I thought I'm supposed to just be like this weird guy checking out ladies or whatever, you know, I thought that was like supposed to be like my, You're making weird yeah. faces at him. Yeah. No, so, yeah. So, I thought like, I, I don't know. I'm like, not, I'm kind of new to it. So I'm thinking like, you know, that was my direction for the scene is just to be like this, you know, stinkweed server just checking out ladies, you know, or whatever. I thought, I don't know what the mission is behind this. the scene. Yeah. I would have done this anyway. Yeah. And, um, so then another guy comes up, uh, you know, shortly before they get the scene going and then he's like, all right, do you know what you're doing? And I go, yeah, I'm just supposed to stand here and I'm supposed to check out the ladies. And he goes, well, if you want to be a pervert like that, I guess, yeah. And then I'm like, <laughs> then I'm like, like wait a minute, I'm not supposed to check out the ladies? I thought, I, know. <laughs> I guess the other guy was just, I really wasn't supposed to be checking out ladies. He I'm didn't just, even he just like, whatever you want to do, just check out ladies. Like, he oh. didn't even work for him. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so then I felt real awkward, like I'm a creeper up there just checking out ladies or whatever. And here I was, like staring at him, like really trying to check him out. Good previous to the, you know, and so I'm like, oh my god, doing I'm doing job. such a good job yeah. at this. <laughs> exactly. Such a good stalker. Yeah. And, um, and so then, uh, then the scene starts, and I'm still checking out ladies, so I'm not even really aware that the scene's starting. And then, uh, so then Mark Paul Gossler is supposed to be this fluid thing where I just hand him a megaphone, and then he moves up to Luke Perry. And then, uh, but, but I don't, cause I'm just like standing there checking out the ladies. So then he has to like tap me on the shoulder and then I'm like, Oh, so I'm like, and I don't think that's how the scene's supposed to go where I'm like, sort of like startled about it and then <laughs> handing it to him. And then, so, but you have to shoot the scene several times. And then, so I'm still like kind of like spaced out. I don't even know what I'm doing half the time. And so, uh, another time now I'm trying to be ready for it. And I'm like, here you go. And he's like, all right. Thank no, yeah, you're welcome, buddy. And I'm like talking and then it's picking up on the microphone. And I'm not supposed to be talking during that scene and stuff. I'm just supposed to be quiet. And so there was like several times that I think we had to do it over because of me, but I think every time I still talked on it. So I don't know. You can go back and watch it. It's kind of weird, but I never did get paid for the talking part of it or whatever, but I thought it was gonna. I thought maybe I sneaked, you know, a couple this. extra lines on there and yeah. maybe I was going to get bigger paycheck or whatever, but <laughs> It didn't work out, but That's a it's, funny a, it's an interesting man. show. It was, it was a real weird show. What but... what year would this be? That was like 2009-ish. Okay, so it was after Bo- or Saved by the Bell. Yeah, somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, it was after Saved by okay. the Bell. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but then, okay, going, I've met uh, several people from Saved by the Bell. Last year, I was in Key West, uh, Florida, and I went and did a uh, comedy show. They have a comedy club down there, and then the guy that was uh, headlining that night was... Uh, Dustin Diamond. Oh yeah. Oh Screech. yeah. Yeah. Screech. And I heard a lot of bad stories about Dustin. Yeah, he's been going through it evidently over the years. I yeah. mean, obviously he had that one where he stabbed some lady, but I don't. I don't know if I blame <laughs> him for that. I could, but. <laughs> but um, but I so I'd heard, and then I'd also heard like because he was trying to become a comedian. I mean, what you what are you gonna do when you're at a certain point when you don't get acting gigs? You got to get on the road. You got to right. make money somewhere. So he's becoming a comedian, but. When he first started, I don't know if he was doing that well or whatever. And I'd heard that if you'd worked with him, he was like taking pe- other comics jokes that he'd worked with and then mm. using them and stuff like that. So oh, I'd heard cool, like a lot man. of things about him. But then when I met him down in uh, Key West or whatever, I mean, he, he turned out to be like, uh, he, it was crazy. I, my opinion, I mean, who knows what he does if he does do all that stuff. But just the way he was with me, he my opinion of kind of change. He was actually pretty cool to me. He, he started, it turned out where he starts like stalking me by the end of the week. It was pretty strange. And like, he always wanted, he wanted to like hang out with me wherever we were going. And, and then, uh, so he's like screech actually was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have thought? 
Uh, He's still true. talking about this that's chick named Lisa. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. I never thought about that. Maybe that was true. That's true. And uh, he never let this that part go. Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't a character. Yeah. <laughs> we ended up getting to some bars downtown in Key West, and then he was telling me, "Oh, you don't understand. Sometimes being like this type of celebrity is how is." I go, "I I guess I can get it. You know, it probably is pretty weird because, I mean." I mean, just think about it, being somebody like a like Screech or whatever. Yeah, being you know, such an iconic, iconic, and yeah. you're kind of pigeonholed into right, this certain, right, yeah. you know, thing and and who you are and how people look at you and everything. So it, it probably does get difficult, I would imagine, at times and stuff. And then uh, uh, I'm, I can't get into the real details on the air here with the rest of this part of the story. But then we went upstairs in a uh, some some guy let us into his bar in Key West that went upstairs and overlooked like the whole party scene or whatever and they had like a balcony up there but nobody was allowed up there and then we went into like this video monitor room where they had like extra security and then i don't know we were end up i thought we were going to be hanging out the club for a while but we ended up hanging out in this video security monitor room until like six in the morning or whatever (laughs) (laughs) and then i was kept trying to get out of there and we were like but we were like locked in because we had to have security and there was like other people from the club and a couple other people but so there's probably like 10 of us in this room hanging out there and we could see monitors of what's going on and all the areas of the club and other things and stuff. But, uh, then I kept trying to like leave. And then the one guy was like, I'm, I'm, he was, he was working at a club too. He's like, I'm trying to leave too. And you're, you're like, okay, well, let's do it together. If we both go, we can what get out of here. What the fuck? You like held captive? <laughs> yeah, I know. It felt like it. it was weird. And then, so then we tried to go and he's like, I'm leaving. And then, and then I start, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to our, and I almost get down the stairs where I'm walking out. And then here comes screech running after me and, uh, he's like jim don't go yeah I, 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 I gotta show you something i gotta show you something so i'm like what and he's like come here this video and so then I'm like oh my god so i gotta come back up and then he makes us watch like this 25 minute youtube video of some story that he was telling me about it was like i think it was like a comedy joke of jim brewers or something like that or whatever but we ended up watching that for another 20 minutes and finally i'm like i gotta go screech i'm sorry i gotta get out screech <laughs> or dustin whatever you want to call yourself but uh i don't know so he ended up being a i don't know a strange individual but he i, I he's a nice enough guy i'll give him that from what i'm regardless him. of what you've heard yeah, yeah yeah so i you know i appreciate him for that i guess i bet he probably resents screech I mean, <clears throat> I don't know if he would resent it. Maybe, I mean, maybe not resent it, but I think you know, some of those I mean, obviously do, it was his biggest. It's his yeah, thing, but, yeah, but it's yeah. also like the only thing. Yeah, because you know? um, I know uh, I met Jimmy Walker one time, and he did that show back in the seventies or whatever called uh, was it Good Times or something like yeah. that. I didn't, I never yep, really yep. watched it. JJ, uh, yeah, but uh, he, uh, you know, Dynamite. You yeah, know, yeah, that yeah. Thing? But yeah. he would refuse to do Dynamite when he would go out and After. do his comedy shows and stuff like right. that. Um, so I don't think even to this day he even says Dynamite. If you get him to say it once or twice, it's pretty big accomplishment that's, but yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he just you can retire you better yeah. record that shit yeah. <laughs> but but it's also like that's one of the reasons that people know you so you know yeah it's it's hard i mean i yeah i could see it from both both yeah. sides do but you, do you know the comedian uh burt kreischer yeah okay so if, if he didn't do the russian you know the oh yeah story, you know <laughs> yeah or, the yeah. machine that's yeah, yeah the machine yeah <laughs> uh, you know so that's the that, that type of thing you know so as a comedian i mean <clears throat> you know at this point you're out there you're doing stand-up uh out in LA at this point, and uh, you know, uh, yeah, I had okay. Let me since we're on this podcast, I always feel like sometimes I'm boring people with certain stories because some of them are uh, can take a minute to set up, and I don't need to get that far into it. But uh, when I first moved to LA, I, uh, I mean, like I said, I was living in Portland, I had an issue uh, out there with a woman I was seeing, and uh, I moved down to LA, and so at the time, 
then I didn't have a car. I was just, I had a buddy that lived in LA and I was basically sleeping at the end of his bed, you know, on the floor or whatever. And he got me a job like working with him at like sporting goods store that he had. And so the only hours I could work was whatever hours he was working so I could ride with him, sure, you know, in the car. And, um, he was a pretty funny guy, but, um, he wasn't really trying to be a comedian. He kind of, I was, I kind of tried to encourage him. I was like, you should try to, you know, be a comedian as well. Cause you're kind of pretty right. funny. And so, yeah. and so he, he was supportive of me. And so we went to the comedy store one night and the way this worked, like if you were unknown comedian, this is like probably 2000, 2001, maybe. And, um, and, uh, if you're unknown comedian, you come on Sunday nights to the comedy store in LA and you, they have like a bucket and has like 25 numbers in it and 25 blank pieces of paper in it. If you draw out a blank piece of paper, you're out of luck. Um, come back next week. If you draw out a number, that's the number that you're going to get to go on the following Sunday at the comedy store. No so, shit. Oh, wow. So oh, wow. if you drew what between 125, that's, you know, 25, you're going to be one of the last people to go on. But if you drew one, you're the first person or whatever to go on. So my friend comes with me and he says, Hey, why don't you, why don't we both go draw numbers? And then if you don't get a number, uh, you know, uh, I'll get a number. Maybe you can have my number or we can see if we can say your name. That way you got a double chance of getting up there or whatever. And I was like, Oh, that's a good idea. But then, uh, so I go draw, I draw a blank piece of paper, don't get nothing. And then, so he goes, draws and he gets number three. Oh shit. But then he doesn't, he doesn't say I'm Tim Sullivan. He's, he tells him his name, you know? And then, so and then I'm like, so yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. So then now he's going to be on number three the next Sunday, but he, I could go in and say I'm him, but let's say then that's David Letterman's there yeah, or whatever, somebody could know? be there. I, mean, yeah. I yeah. don't want to be known as him for the rest of my like, how did you turn into your buddy from high school's name? You know, now I'm famous. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's so weird. So <laughs> I'm like, so, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not going up like that. You go up and you know, maybe it'll be your shot to give it a chance, you know, or whatever. And so we get there and, but the good thing was, is I was pretty broke at that time when I was living in LA. So just to get into the comedy store is like 25 bucks or something, a ticket or whatever. And, and so, but if you got a number, you got to bring a guest with you to get into the, to get into the club, to watch a show or whatever with you. So he brings me along with him. So I'm like, well, cool. At least I can get into the comedy stores. I can check it out right. check out the history of it, walk around. Watch can you draw again? And, and I could draw again, you know, to try to get in yeah. for the next week. And I think I still got a blank piece of paper or whatever. And, um, but, uh, so he goes in, he's going to be number three, starts at like seven o'clock at night or something like that, let's say. And, uh, and he's kind of nervous. He'd never been up before or whatever. He's really nervous. I'm like, just chill out. Who cares? Whatever happens. And I'm like, you're trying to make a career of this right now, you know, just yeah. have, you know, have fun with it or whatever, you know? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and then, uh, and so they bring up somebody, he does his performance. Then there's random celebrities would come in. Uh, Mr. Fuji was there at one point. Okay. I saw, uh, what's his name? The pitcher for randy johnson for oh, the, yeah. <laughs> he was there and then they had different like some guy used to host america's funniest videos comes up and does a little set that was like an unknown host that you wouldn't remember unless you saw his face and then um so eventually like it's ne several people have been on stage now and and far more than three people and my buddy still got number three he's asking when am i going up they're like, oh you're gonna go up after a little bit you'll be up in a little bit more and more people are coming up finally like all right this guy he's coming up and and everybody's all nervous. You can tell the guys that all got the numbers once they're all, you know, pacing the club back and forth, worrying about going up and everything. And so, um, and so one guy, they call his name 
let's just say Bob Johnson, Bob Johnson, you're up now. And there's no he, Bob Johnson. All right. Well, I guess Bob Johnson missed his chance. He's not here. And then, uh, then they introduce, uh, you know, my friend. And then also, by the way, uh, Polly Shore's mom is now showed up and she's in the back of the room. She owns the place. And she, yeah, she owns the mm-hmm. place and she's been responsible for finding, you know, everybody from Jim Carrey to, uh, you know, Robin Williams, all these people she's helped, you know, sure. progress their career. And she's had a lot of influence over, you know, comedy and stuff. And so she's in the back of the room and, you know, so that's kind of been my dream. I want to get up there and I want to show her, you know, yeah, what I got. And hopefully she'll like me and then I can get a regular spot at the comedy store. But I'm not. I'm just a guest right now. You know, the plus one. <laughs> <laughs> so the odds uh, are working against you at that point. Yeah, <laughs> very badly. Very badly. And I'm trying to figure out some way I can work my way in. I'm just my that's all I'm trying to think about. Like, how am I going to. So in the meantime, now they, they introduce my friend. Please come up to the stage or whatever. But like. Right, right as he gets ready to like get on the stage or take the microphone, then they say, "Oh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, we're gonna b- bring you back up in just a minute. We're gonna bring you back up in just a minute. Uh, Bob Johnson's here or whatever now. So Bob Johnson, come on up now. No and, you know, it's like, oh fuck, here comes Bob Johnson. And he gets up and then Bob Johnson, that's not his real name, but he just so he wasn't telling anything funny. It wasn't like he was doing like an Andy Kaufman type routine of trying not to be funny or whatever. It was just, it, it was terrible. But it, I hear. I hear Paulie Shore's mom laughing at it like she likes it or whatever. I'm like, oh, my God. And then he gets off stage and they're talking to each other. And then now they forget that my friend was the next one up. So somebody else is coming up and then somebody else is coming up. And then he's trying to go back up the host. So you didn't bring me up. Oh, we'll get around to it. Now it's like past two o'clock in the morning. (laughs) By this time we've been there. We're like. He's like, I don't even want to go up. Anymore. <laughs> I don't either. I was drunk. I got sober. Yeah. I got drunk again. <laughs> exactly. I'm yeah. like, oh my god. And so, um, we're starting to walk out, and then, uh, you know, uh, Polly Shore's mom's standing there, and then uh, Joey Diaz. Do you remember? I, don't know, I you know, know Joey. Is. Yeah. Okay. So he's talking to her, and then. Um, he has a really clean comedy act, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can see him in the Longest Yard movie. Is that what he was in yeah. with Adam Sandler? Yeah. Um, but he uh, is talking to her right by the doorway. And so then I'm like, okay, well, maybe here's my chance. I'll go up. I'll say something to her. I'll tell her I've been a comedian for a while. I'd love to perform for stage sometime or whatever. I don't know what I'm thinking I'm going to say. And so I start to go up to her and I say something like, hey, I'm a comedian. And, and she's like, oh, really? She'd been drinking several drinks. Before. Sure. You're a comedian? And I'm like, yeah. And then. And then, uh, and then I try to say, you know, I'm trying to go, Oh, you like comedy. She's not understanding anything I'm saying at this point, basically. <laughs> like she just thinks I'm a fan of right. comedy or something. I don't know how I'm just, what, but then I noticed that I hate to say this, but, uh, oh God. <laughs> she's wearing like a zip up sweatshirt. Uh, it was like a, just a zip up hoodie or whatever, but it's kind of zip unzipped down a little bit. And then there's one, one, like. A, a boob hanging out just hanging out with no no bra just like a boob hanging out of the sweatshirt like like she doesn't know as, it. like she doesn't know it yeah and i'm talking to her about like hey uh you know i like comedy and then i'm just thinking that's probably why i'm not making any sense because i'm just seeing her boob like hanging out of this thing and i'm like but then you know i'm like in your mind you're like so i really so, love comedy and then but I'm, in real life you're like mommy mommy <laughs> well, no 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 <laughs> Like, how much have you been drinking? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that'd be one thing, but I don't know if you've seen Polly Shore's mom or not. But uh, <laughs> it kind of looks like Polly Shore, if you're thinking, really. But um, 
but uh, and the boobs probably weren't much bigger. And I've seen Paulie Shore naked too, by the way, almost uh, pretty naked. I've got I did it on the road with him where he's actually uh, one time me and Paulie Shore were actually on the road in New Mexico, and uh, we get out of a really small Western gas station, and then right before as we're getting out of the van as we're driving between towns, he gets out and he just strips like completely naked except he's got like a little speedo on, and then he just walks into the gas station wearing the <laughs> speedo inside. He was like a hilarious guy. You're like, dude, with. you're not even getting paid for this. Like, what? Yeah. Did you just do yeah, that for I fun? Yeah, that's like, why I was like, I thought I was stunned by it too. I was like, how are these people going to appreciate it way out here? Yeah, in this? Yeah. You know, and um, best thing they've seen in a while. Yeah, we went to like some. Uh, we went to I think it was like a rodeo or some or no, it was a horse racing in Rudoso, Mexico. And when they heard that Polly Shore is coming, they said, Hey, we'll give you like this suite on top of the building or whatever and we'll hook you up with champagne and drinks and everything and so we were up there and we were partying and drinking and everything and before our show that night and then i said we just want you to hand out the trophy to the winner whoever wins this horse race we'll have you hand out the trophy and that'll be in exchange for all these drinks and everything we're giving you so we're watching the horse race and then at one point then paulie shore just got bored he's like all right let's go and then so we just left and we after drinking all that and we didn't hand out no trophy it was like you're like i'm like i'm from iowa i feel a little bad about that but yeah (laughs) but whatever but um so Polly Shore's mom. Uh, so Polly Shore's mom, yeah. The so the boob, the boobs hanging out. But so I'm, I kind of want to tell her, you know, the the boobs. I kind of want to say, but I don't know. This is my first time ever talking to her, and right. it's not my place to. T- but I'm thinking it is, and as I'm talking to her, Joey Diaz is still standing there, like watching us have a conversation, just, you know. And so I'm thinking he knows her it's shouldn't it be his place to tell her her boobs hanging out you <laughs> yeah, know or something so i'm kind of like looking at him trying to hope that he'll motion about her and then and then nobody ever mentions the boob i don't mention the boob and then i'm just like oh, all right well uh, and then i just exited the building and i have no idea what happened but the point is uh, that story so that's where i wanted to go to initially get discovered and uh it turns out if the ladies drinking she was great i'm sure back in the 80s and early 90s and whatever else but at this point i think partying's gotten to you and and uh <laughs> you're hanging around it's hard to judge you were already thinking bob johnson was funny you know uh who's funny so i so i never went back there again it was just too difficult to get in you know and uh really so i didn't i didn't go back to the comedy i'm thinking that was again. your chance like yeah. she she purposely had her boob out <laughs> well, that see, was like her way of saying okay, if you can make me laugh with my boob out yeah that might there be was some, that, there was some joke there that, that you think, missed an opportunity yeah, i think you might be right because i do miss signs like that a lot of times in life when people i'm like look back i'm like you're right somebody can make me laugh about my boo being out that, that'll be the chance maybe that's a, we're gonna see who says something yeah yeah, yeah. and the one, maybe, motherfucker who has the balls will say the something funny that makes Martini. me laugh about it yeah oh yeah maybe yeah. that's or, what joey did right, here comes another one of those young guys uh, get your boob out do that yeah, thing yeah, yeah, yeah right it's all set up it was yeah, all set up. i'm the dumb one who the hell oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that's a good joy Diaz. <laughs> oh my god uh, i missed that opportunity oh yeah i've never looked at it from the other perspective <laughs> it was a test yeah, that was jesus no wonder i never made it in this business that's every a... night she has a boob out i don't understand <laughs> nobody i mean what do you do though when you yeah i mean that's to tough that is tough like right that, right and right that is tough boobs like hanging out and like but, uh, it's a tough call and then i don't want her to discover that her boobs hanging out and i've been talking to her this whole time with her boob <laughs> hanging out so i like had to kind of end the conversation before we both realized yeah, that would have been a situation. That's a lot to think like, about. Why did for you, you tell me my boobs hanging out? Right. I'm like, I didn't know. I'm, I don't know. You know what? I think that we set up this episode really good by starting it off with talking about Boo McNutt. Full circle already. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, and that's the fun thing about all the years I've been traveling is that 
just so a lot of crazy things happen. Well, so I guess since we're on this still in the LA scene, I'll give you the next situation. Yeah. So happened. what happened after that? I mean, how did you? Because you obviously made it in comedy. Yeah. And so where did that come about? Well, the way initially uh, was is so I used to go down to uh, Penguins Comedy Club in uh, downtown Cedar Rapids. Shout and, out uh, Penguins. Yep. And uh, I used when I was like a little kid, I was like 12 years old, and I would ride the bus from like Taft Middle School down to downtown and going to Penguins and say, "Hey, can I be a comedian?" And they were like, "Oh, well." fucking kid get out of here and so, then, uh, <laughs> so, I, was like, All right. so I figured well I'm 12 years old I'm not going to be you know I can't be a comedian until I'm 18 so I guess I'll just start writing jokes so I started writing jokes like just whatever I could think of like this is one of the first jokes I wrote it's pretty dumb but I said uh I just got a job being a uh, uh putting down foundations for mobile homes you know uh some people say it's pretty easy, but it can be pretty difficult putting down two bricks 30 feet apart from each other. And so that was like, <laughs> I still remember that. It was like one of the first jokes I ever wrote when I was like 12 years old or whatever. But, um, bricks 30 feet <laughs> but uh, so, so I just figured out that's what I'll do. I'll just write jokes. Then that way, when I get to be 18, at least I'll have some jokes to tell or whatever. And so then when I was 18, I went down and I said, okay, I'm 18 now. Can I come on to it? And they said, no, I'll leave and stuff. And then, uh, <laughs> then, so I, I would beg them, like I would go down again, but when can I go on? And then I remember this is what the guy said one time I went down during the afternoon and I said, you know, can I go on? And he said, okay, come back after the first of November. But this was like in August or something like that. And so. I'm like, all right, well, maybe that's when I get to go on. So I wait a few months. I come Is that back. Jeff down there? Doing no, that? Jeff, uh, Jeff Johnson, the uh, owner of uh, Penguins Comedy. He, uh, he was living in Atlanta at the time. So, yeah, he had managers that were working down there. But um, so I came back the first of November and I said, all right, can I go on now? And then they said, what are you talking about? I said, well, last time I was here, you guys said I could go on after the first of November. And they said, oh, no. Oh, man. We, we said the first of never. And then oh. I was like, oh, I was so dejected, like I had heard them wrong, and they were trying to be funny, and I was like, they come back out of the first of never, and I thought, I was just so excited, I was like, first of November, okay, all right, here we go. And so uh, then they, I think they saw this disappointment in my face at that point, and they're like, oh, man, we feel kind of bad. So they set up like an open mic thing where they were going to hire a comedian from Des Moines to come in and teach perspective comics like how to write a joke or tell a joke or whatever throughout the full week you come each night for a couple hours and learn it and then at the end of the week and everybody gets to perform for five minutes or something like that and so um so that's what they did so i started doing that but in the meantime before i ever got a chance to do that i used to drive up to madison wisconsin and i would try out five minutes in front of like 10 people up there because i was the closest comedy club that had an open mic anywhere when i was getting no started shit. so i would drive there every wednesday and perform for five minutes just trying to get stuff and then I had lots of material, probably more than most people, because when most people get started as a comedian, they just, all right, now I'm going to be a comedian, and then that's when they, they wing it, they yeah. wing it, and mm -hmm. they try to get, but I had material I've been writing for six years, at least, whether it was good or not, I don't know, but at least I had something to right. say, and I remember the first time that I ever did my first show, uh, it was going to be in Des Moines at the Funny Bone, and that was the first open mic or stage performance anywhere before, this was before Penguins felt sorry for me, and, and they said, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, they, uh, said you get seven minutes i think is what it was and, that's a lot and, of time yeah and so yeah. i was like all right so i had i was i had a job i was practicing i was like uh 19 i was walking around i was practicing all my uh jokes i had it timed out perfectly had timed seven minutes and everything i practiced it so many times so i get there do the performance i get maybe a couple of laughs but nothing major or anything but um then I get done and I'm kind of, it didn't seem like it went that great. And I did all the jokes and everything I wanted to do, but then I had a little cassette recorder. And when I went back and listened to the cassette recorder, I realized it was about two minutes and 20 seconds long, 
but it had all the jokes that I had timed out for seven minutes. So you, you just know? blew through so it. So I blew through <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so. the audience is processing one yeah. joke. You're already right. on to another one, possibly another punchline. Yeah. They so let it soak like, in yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Timing's everything. Yeah. And yeah. what do I know? I, I uh, used to host uh, open mic nights at Penguins for several years. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm not a funny guy, but I'd like to go up there and, you know, say a couple poop jokes and internet jokes, or whatever, say the announcements and then and get the you know, the participants through and so forth. But those are a lot of fun. Some of the best jokes come out of those open mic nights. Yeah. Um, from people that have done it for the first time, they're just like, fuck it. And, you know, sometimes they're really funny. There's yeah. a lot of really bad ones. Yeah. But so it's like one out of every 10 is like, oh, that was pretty good. But you're in for a shit show, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, that was basically like all I would do. I would just try to do open mics wherever I could find five minutes you know, here and there. And then eventually penguins would let me like host the shows before their regular comics, you know, when we're regular weekend nights. So I would do that. And then sometimes one of those regular guys would see me and be like, Oh, I need somebody to do a few minutes before one of my shows and walk on Iowa or something like that, you know, whatever. So I do stuff like that. And then I remember the first time I ever got a road gig or one of the first weeks I ever got a road gig, it was somewhere in South Dakota the spearfish South Dakota at this holiday Inn, And, um, I was just supposed to do like 20 or 25 minutes opening for somebody that was going to be the headliner. And, um, but I get there and mind you, I'd never been on the road before. I don't even know how it works or what I'm doing exactly. I just get to this hotel, check in, I'm ready to go do my show that night. And this, the guy that's the headliner shows up and he sees me and he's like, oh, I was just chased here by a bunch of people and they were in a car and they had a gun. And, what? and then yeah, he's like, tell me Jesus. this whole crazy story. I'm like, Oh my God, this story. Yeah. So I, I'm in no shape to go up and uh, perform and I, I can't do this. And then and I'm, I'm uh, he, and then he starts telling me that he's like the opening act or whatever. And I'm the headliner. And so I don't know. I'm like, well, maybe I am the headliner. I don't know what I'm (laughs) (laughs) And so then I'm like thinking, well, I guess I'll probably get paid more money if I do that. If I, I don't know, maybe this guy's just stupid and he's so shook up. But if I headline tonight, then there's no way that I'm not getting paid as much money. So I'm just thinking I'm going to take advantage of it while I can, even though it was my first ever like real road gig or whatever. And I probably didn't even have 20 minutes. But um, so that guy goes up and does whatever he does. And then I go up and I actually, I was surprised. I did all right for, you know, hanging in there for an hour in this yeah. hotel ballroom, you know, with these random people, but it, it went, it went all right. But then it was two nights there. I was supposed to be the next night. Um, before the show, the guy comes, all right. Uh, yeah. I just, I just remembered I'm the headliner. So apparently <laughs> this guy's always out of breath. <laughs> yeah. 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 This guy, <gasps> this guy's just always in life threatening <laughs> situations. Are you just jogging constantly? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. In my mind, he's overweight. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. you just came so, from your hotel room. Why the fuck are you on a hell, Yeah. So he just remembers. Yeah, he's he the just headliner. remembers he's the headliner. I'm the I'm the headliner now. I'm like, okay, well, that takes a little pressure off me. I don't have to try to you know stress about trying to be funny for an hour. So I'm like, all right, and then uh, so then it comes time to get paid at the end of the night, and we're supposed to go up to the front desk, and they're going to pay us after the show. And then, and then he's like, but he's, but the way it worked out is that the headliner's supposed to collect the money and then he's supposed to pay the opening act, right. you know, yep. what he's supposed to get paid for the week out of, out of that money. And then, uh, so we go up to get the check and he's like, hey, and, I, and I want to give you just a little bit extra for, for, for doing the headline last night or whatever. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get, we're going to split both checks basically is what you're right, saying, yeah. you know, cause add up the headline and check, add up the opening check and then we chop it in half. Cause we both did the same thing. Yeah, you right. open one night. I open one night. I headline one night. You had, 
But then he's like, well, no, because I got to send uh, $80 on to the uh, booker, this and that, and the other thing. And then I'm like, well, so then I don't know how anything's working. And so I'm thinking he's like scamming me. But anyway, so that was like one of my first experiences being on the road. And so how that transitioned was, is uh, I was working at the nuclear power plant and uh payload a security guy out there or whatever just i was like fire watcher or something like that and they laid me off and then um so the guy that initially booked this room in south dakota i'd gotten through a different booker anyways i found out who the real booker was of this room and called him up and said hey i'd like to get some work with you because i knew he booked a lot of stuff out in like oregon state and washington state and montana and idaho and he had a bunch it's of- funny how south dakota has a decent comedy scene yeah, they got, you know, it just that doesn't strike you as, like you know, middle of nowhere, <laughs> pretty much, you know, well, but, but you hear a lot of comedians talk about doing shows in South Dakota. Yeah, that puts some interesting stories. Uh, I mean, maybe this will be a good road story just for anybody that uh, just to pay attention to your surroundings. There's one time this uh, comic I know he was performing somewhere in some smaller town, I think, in South Dakota, possibly North Dakota. But um, after the show. These guys were like uh, playing pool with them and buying them shots and everything, you know, like just hanging out and chilling with them. And then they said, hey, do you got you guys want to smoke some pot or whatever? We can go out to uh, our car and smoke some pot or whatever. And then the headliner guy's like, all right, let's go do that. And then the opening act guy was like, all right, I'll meet you guys out there in a minute. I just got to get my something from the office I left back there, and I'll see you guys out in the car in a minute. So he goes out to smoke with them. Well, then before the opening act can get back out there, the headliner's like wobbling in. He'd gotten beat up and robbed and everything. He's oh, like, geez. oh, those guys robbed me, you know, and whatever. And then they're like, and then the opening act guy was like startled. He's like, oh my God, I was, I was just about to go out there and meet you. They would have robbed me. And he goes, yeah, and they took my check or cause they, you know, got paid in cash. Right. Or the comedian. And so they took all his cash and everything. He's like, oh my God, that's terrible. So then the bar walks, you know, the other comedian, out to his car to make sure he gets to it safely or whatever and stuff. And so then the other comedian drives back to the hotel and then gets out of the parking lot of the hotel. And there, those guys are waiting for him and they beat up and rob him. No shit. Fuck. They know what the hell they're doing though. They're like, well, they've been knocking off comedians for a while. (laughs) My full time job. (laughs) They're like, they always stay here. (laughs) They pay their taxes on it. Here's when they get paid. Here's when they cash out. (laughs) They have, they probably have something in with like the room owner or whatever. He's like, I want to get my money back. We can do it every week if we keep this up. You guys guys like to to pay taxes. You guys like to beat people up for free. How about 200 bucks? Yeah. These guys, uh, most of them are going to be defenseless. <laughs> they ain't going to be able to do shit. <laughs> well, I might try to juggle or something. But yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's Just don't crazy. let them get in your head because they're hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> get them drunk and stuff first. <laughs> Dude, you have some great stories, man. So, this, is yeah. so, this is so great. <laughs> um, so then when I uh, uh, called up this guy that he basically is based out of the state of Washington, and I said, hey, I would like to. so. I was laid off from my job and, and I wanted to become a comedian. You know, I wanted, I just want to be a comedian now. I don't want to be doing jobs and telling jokes for five minutes. I want to be a comedian. So I, uh, called this guy and he says, yeah, I can get you like a month worth of work, nice. you know, whatever. Yeah. So he's got you know, all these places start. It starts in Astoria, Oregon. It's going to be the first town. And then I got something in Eugene, Is that where they Oregon. Shot Goonies? And, yep. Goonie. Yep. Goonies and, is uh, Astoria. Yeah. And, uh, so then, then towns in Montana, and the, uh, so he's got me working almost every night of the 
week except for maybe Sunday or Monday nights occasionally. But uh, otherwise, I'm pretty much working Tuesday through Saturday with a couple of nights off for about a month straight. Just out in Idaho, nice. Oregon, all yeah. those places. So it was, so I pack up my car and I decide I'm moving to you know Seattle is where I was going to go to. And um, so I got everything I own pretty much in my car and I go out to Astoria, Oregon. And then I do my first show there. And then um, ended up... Well, I was going to move to Seattle and I checked out, but I ended up staying, moving out to Oregon and I met somebody out there and I ended up living in Oregon then for a while. And so then that's how I got my initial start in, um, in Oregon. But yeah, oh, they had the Goonies house there in Astoria. And so I ended up living in Astoria cause that was where the first show I did. And I ended up uh, staying out there for a while. And, um, and, uh, but I, I've got videos of me actually going up to the Goonies house and doing the truffle shuffle. shuffle. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. It's such a neat area. But, out there uh, yeah for, i mean i've never been but i've, yeah. I've seen no, it's so many beautiful. pictures and I'd, yeah. i mean i'd never been that way until i decided out where i was going and i that was the first time ever so i drove out there and but yeah the trees and everything i mean yeah. being from iowa and how big everything is all the trees and everything it's yeah it's really beautiful so it's been a few years since i've been out there but i need to get back out there again but um yeah i actually have a video on my website which is timsullivancomedy.com but it has uh where I did this weird video I was doing on myself, filming weird stuff. And then at the end, there's a, where I, I, you see me also doing the truffle shuffle in front of the um, Goonies house. Right. And then at the end, then I meet uh, Mick Foley, Mankind or whatever from yeah. um, WWE or whatever. And he's in behind this one door and I open up the door and he's there singing and stuff. And so it ends up being kind of a funny video, but nice. Just, you know, but <laughs> Tim Sullivan comedy.com. But okay. So I'm living in Oregon and uh, like I said, I was doing different little small movies or commercials and performing and everybody was really helpful out there in Oregon. There's so many comics out there where they're just so friendly with each other and everybody would work with each other and take you on the road or, you know, get you stage time wherever they could. And so it was a great, you know, community to get started off. In. And this was like 98, or whatever 1998 99 2000 all that and um but uh at one point okay so this will happen i'd gotten you know laid off from my job now as a comedian you know trying to do that for a month but now now my work's like running out after that first month so now i have to eventually regenerate more work so eventually i just got a little job like in oregon you can't pump your own gas you have to have somebody do it for pump you. your gas yeah. for you yeah so i end up being a gas pumper and then um and then i was like getting like kind of behind on bills and stuff and then my car payment like was getting like way behind because i had like a brand new car or whatever at the time because i was working at the power plant i was making all right money but now i'm like a broke struggling comedian so um but eventually it was so far behind my car but then i had this big payment i was just about to mail them to get caught up and i went to do a open mic one night and then i come out and my car is gone missing on the street of portland it's not there anymore and then I'm like, oh my God. And then, uh, so I call up the police or whatever and I say, Hey, you know, somebody yeah. stole, stole my car. And then, and then, uh, or no, I said, I think my car has been repossessed, but I'm not sure or whatever and stuff. And they said, well, we're, we can't do anything unless you report it stolen. And I said, okay, well then I report it stolen. And they said, well, you can't do that on this call. You have to hang <laughs> up and call again and tell us it's reported stolen or something <laughs> like that. So I'm like, all right. So I hang up and I call, okay, my car's been reported stolen. So the guy starts looking it up dah, 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 and then he comes back eventually. Yeah. So it looks like, uh, it's actually been repossessed. You missed some payments or something on it. Uh, so when were you going to tell me about that? And I said, well, they told me I had to call up and report a stolen before you can figure out if it's been repossessed. So it ended up being a very messed up thing. In the meantime, I had had, I was planning on driving it back to the Midwest to do a show in, um, Janesville, Wisconsin. And, uh, but, I ended up 
not have a car, so I got a plane ticket, and I flew into, like, Chicago, and I probably, who knows what I'd do, the road, Greyhound bus or something like that, got up to Janesville, or no, I had a car, so I got up to, rented a car, maybe drove up to Janesville, then I did this show at this uh, country club, it was like, you know, fancy people, golf country club or whatever, and I was, like, the opening act, and I wasn't that great, but the problem was, I was fine and close, but these, you had to be really clean for, you couldn't, like, right. swear or do any sort yeah. of innuendo jokes, you just had to be really clean, so it was a little bit not my type of crowd, but I ended up getting through it. And, and you get paid a lot more doing those shows sure. than you would oh, yeah. doing sometimes. Cause, and sometimes where I'd done some of those shows, people come up to you afterwards and they just slip you like, here's a 50 or whatever. I thought you were funny or whatever. And so this is like the brokest time of my entire life. And I don't have a car and I've been repossessed and everything. And, and so I was like making jokes about that during, while I was on stage. And then after the show, I'm sitting at the bar at the um, country club and, uh, and this guy comes up and he's like, ah, fuck these guys. They don't know what's funny around here. I know what's funny. I'm, he's like, he looks like Matlock. He's just like this old gray haired, you know, guy. And he's like, ah, I thought I was pretty funny myself, but fuck these guys. They, they're a bunch of prudes anyways. And I'm richer than all them anyways. I they think they're rich. I'm, they're not. I am. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And then uh, he says, uh, well, I got to get out of here. I don't want to hang out with these people. I'm going down this bar down the street. And, uh, but if you want, you swing by, I'll buy you a beer if you come by. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe. So uh, I, eventually I'm leaving the club, and then I'm driving back to my hotel. And then as I'm driving back, I see this bar that the guy described. So I'm like, well, maybe I should just pop in there for a minute. This guy liked me. He seems like he's the richest guy in town, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Maybe he'll think I'm funny. Maybe he'll finance my career. I don't know where I'm at. I'm just desperate situation almost at this point. And uh, so I'm like, I'll go hang out with the guy. So I go hang out with the guy, and he's like, yeah. I own all this and I own that and I have a private jet and I fly to here and I fly to there. And my wife died two years ago. We were married for 52 years and this and that and the other thing. But now I do what I want and I'm, I don't give a fuck. And then, uh, <laughs> wait, he says, if you look over outside this window and look up on the hill up there, that's my house. Uh, that overlooks the whole city of Janesville, Wisconsin or whatever. And, and I'm like, oh, you guys should come check it out. It's a nice house. And I'm like, oh, it's just actually like right across the street where his driveway starts. So I'm like, Follow me out here. Let's go. Let's go check it out. I'll show you all the shit I got over there. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like this big white Cadillac and it says Norm on the back because he's like a personalized license plate that says Norm. And then, uh, we're driving up to his house and then we get up there and it, it does overlook like the whole city. It was like a beautiful property. And then he's like, Oh, you got to go in through the garage this way and that way. And so we open up the garage and there's like boxes and we're like walking around. And then we finally we maneuver. We get into his house and then he flips on lights. And sure enough, this guy, okay, you know how you have like, People have crystal decanters with booze in it and stuff. Right, yeah. Now, not only does he have that, but he has like crystal decanters with every type of uh, bill in it. $100 bills, $50 bills, $20 <laughs> bill, And they're all like stacked up like, you know, you know, a couple inches high and everything. <laughs> decanters and, full of money? Yeah. That's like, <laughs> decanters just sitting there on this table like full of money. And then um, not shaped like the booze ones. They're shaped like money sides. But, right. uh, and so I'm like, oh, my God, this guy does. So then he goes behind his bar and he starts making a drink or whatever. And he's like, ah, oh, you want a drink? All right, I got a drink. And then, uh, and then he turns and then he goes, oh, oh so, uh, by the way, uh, I'm gay. <laughs> I was wondering. I was wondering. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, but uh, that's how we put it out there. Yeah, that's exactly. Uh, what he's by making the way, drink. And by the way, uh, I'm gay. And then I said, and then, and then now I wasn't, that was not even on my register. If, if somebody was gay, I would, I was not going to picture an 80 some year old man, you know, being, I just what didn't picture that way. I picture some weird guy, you know, whatever. So he's come up to me, <laughs> but not an 80 year old. I don't, it wasn't registering to me. So then when he said that, then that's the first time that I realized that 
this guy says he's gay. I'm at his house. I've been drinking with him. Now I'm over. Like this is starting to look like a gay situation. And so then he says, uh, <laughs> this is a gay nightmare. Yeah. And he goes, I'm gay. Uh, yeah, are, are you gay? And then I said, and then I'm like, oh, now I'm kind of stunned. I'm like, oh, 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 now I'm like, what did I get myself in? I'm, thinking, I'm like, no, 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 I'm not gay. And then he's like, uh, ah, come on, you should be gay. It's fun to be gay. <laughs> whoa, then, whoa. <laughs> and then I'm like, I don't know about that. I have other things that yeah. make it fun. And then I, this is, I still don't know this day if this was predetermined or if this was just happenstance, but. Uh, he turns on the radio at the time, and the song it was by Edwin McCain. It's called "I'll, I'll Be, I'll be the we Greatest yeah. Man of Your Life." Yeah. I don't know if he had that timed on or if that radio station. <laughs> He's done this a few times. Yeah. And so he turns it. He goes, "Oh, I love this song. I love this song." And then he starts to waddle over to me, like, and then he's like, "How about just one dance? Just one dance?" And then I'm like, I'm kind of like, because now I'm like trying to look for the exit, but I can't remember exactly how I got in because I had to go through like. Box boxes in the yeah, garage yeah. and everything so i'm like trying to look for the x and then he's as he's getting like closer and then it's almost like time freezes for a second and then for some reason because uh, i'm i feel like i'm a nice guy and i try not to hurt people's feelings and stuff so i remember when i was in eighth grade one time there was this girl i wanted to dance with at the eighth grade dance and i went up to her and then she said i would rather lick paint off the wall than dance with you and i was like oh, damn yeah i was Jeez, like geez so simple no would have been fine you know but, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. and so then i was like oh so it kind of made me feel bad and i i, I still have that memory to this day so i thought to myself for just for a second i thought well, I could at least dance with the guy, you know. <laughs> and then uh, You're really setting yourself up here. Yeah. And then uh and then I then that thought just came into my head for like for the shooting second. And then as as soon as it left, I was like, what am I thinking? No, I'm not gonna dance with this guy. This is two o'clock in the morning at some old gay guy's house. There's no way I'm gonna dance with this guy. And then so then I'm like, No, I gotta go, I gotta get going. So then eventually I get out of that house and I maneuver away and I'll see you later. And then uh, <laughs> peel out, and then now I don't want to go back to the hotel that I'm staying at because he told me that he owns all the hotels in town. He's a big hotel proprietor or something like that. And so I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just paranoid, you know? So um, my friend where I was flying out of Chicago the next day, he lived in Chicago, and I said, hey, I call him up at like 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, hey, I'm just going to come to your house. I'm going to stay there tonight. You wouldn't believe what happened. I was at this guy's house in Janesville, Wisconsin, and uh, – and uh, he's he's this old guy, and he was he he's driving a Cadillac and everything. He goes, and my friend goes, was it a white Cadillac? Did he have a license plate that said Norm? And then I <laughs> oh, said, no. what? I said, what? <laughs> how do how do you know about this guy? You know? And then he's like, oh my God, is he really? And is it really like it? And I said, yeah. And he go, and then he goes, well, me and my cousin one summer we used to work in Janesville, Wisconsin, and we used to like do construction for hotels and stuff like that and like the foreman guy or whatever that was named norm and he drove a white cadillac and it was a personalized license plate and he goes but he had a wife and stuff and everything i go yeah he said he did have a wife but she died and now he's, he's so he's like oh my god norm's gay and then um <laughs> and then uh so some years later i went back to janesville and i'm performing there in a different place and i tell some version of the story and then some guy comes up to me afterwards and he says hey i think i know I think I know the guy that you're talking about. Uh, he goes, uh, he just got arrested a few weeks ago for like exposing himself to kids at a park or something Jesus. like that. So yeah, it was, uh, Jeez. Yeah, I don't know. He's, so, he's, he's still on the loose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Watch out Janesville. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Wow. So, that's, uh, you know, but I, I got to commend him from uh, basically letting you know, instead of just trying to put the moves on you. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, 
I mean, I, was he gay like post? Like that's what I'm. I don't post know. death of wife uh, yeah, or pre? I don't know. I don't know where it came into effect that, but I don't have a wife anymore. Oh, I guess I'm it's, gay then. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I've had like a lot of li- weird little stories like that. Not at all that have the same narrative, but just you know, traveling around uh, I'm over sure the years. You've had a lot of them. Yeah. All right, before you start the next story here, I gotta take a piss. It's about that time. <laughs> right on cue. You guys can. I have a couple things. I've been taking notes as you've been uh, talking. I'm not, I'm not ignoring you. <laughs> but uh, I I know you mentioned Johnny Carson, but uh, do you have any other like uh, comedy influences? Um, well, I uh, so Johnny Carson was like one of the first you know people that I ever seen when I was a little kid on TV just telling jokes because just wasn't a lot of people doing that. But um, my brother had a, a bootleg. Uh, cassette tape it was i think it was supposed to be the top gun cassette tape okay. but it, you could put a piece of tape over it and record something else and yeah. uh, he recorded um eddie murphy raw oh wow or whatever on it so then Classic. that was like completely different from what i heard johnny carson yeah. saying you know and so yeah. uh so then i thought that was pretty amazing i'm like yeah. oh my god so then i just started like trying to memorize all of his jokes <laughs> from that you know and, right and repeat those to my friends and stuff at school a little bit <laughs> and um so I would say initially those two were like my first two influences was really? like um, Eddie Murphy and Johnny Carson. And so I always try to like, you know, mush myself somewhere, somewhere between a little them. bit of both. Yeah. A little yeah, bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, That's cool. Of it, yeah. That's cool. Um, so for those that haven't seen any of your shows, uh, what kind of comedian are you? Like, are, do you do impressions? You know, are you more well, physical? Uh, well, so when I, the, the way I saw so this is kind of how my humor initially set up is, like I said, I would watch Johnny Carson and when he would tell a joke, he would never like laugh about his own joke. He wouldn't be, you know, and I would just think that was always crazy. Everybody else in the room was laughing. Hey, and thinking, hey, well, how yeah. are you not laughing at the joke? You know? And so that was always my goal. When I, if I'm going to tell a joke, I'm not going to laugh about it. And then, um, and then, uh, when I was in like class in like second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, a lot of times this is how I was set up my humor. And this is how I found humor to be funny the teacher could set me up for the perfect, um, like give me the, I could throw in the punchline. They'll have the, almost a setup just by what they're doing in the class. What do you say about this? And what do we do this? Right. And then I, there's a point where I could interject right there and it would be the perfect punchline to come in. And so then that's when I would do it. But the thing was, is I would try to do it in such a way that you didn't know if I was really telling a joke or if, <laughs> if I was just kind of, dumb or <laughs> unaware of the situation or what you know what i mean and right. so most of the time i knew that you know i wasn't i was telling a joke but i would have to try to almost craft it during those days of elementary and, and middle school to where um you'd like i said you just didn't know if it was um if you're really telling a joke or if i was being stupid or what it was right. so i never wanted to let anybody in on that i really was telling a joke because i always thought the humor was much more funny if you thought i was kind of dumb about it you know what i mean right right so uh so i just kept it that way all the time and i would try to find ways that i could do that where it would seem like i wasn't telling the joke and i would people would burst into laughter in the class like oh my god i can't believe like he said that like (laughs) does he even realize what he said and so i think there's some aspects of that that if that was my that's truly how i would like my show you know to be almost if i could get away with that every time but that's not you know, how it always plays out for me, um, you know, on stage, I'll, I'll, I pretty much can do a little bit of everything, I guess, kind of, um, do you do any impressions? 
I do. Uh, I, I do. Uh, if I'm doing my performance, other than Bob Johnson, yeah, Bob Johnson, and Norm, and Norm, yeah, and Norm. I think we threw in a Joey Diaz one. Yeah, 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 that was really good. You did have that one, yeah. Okay, but uh, and then, uh, but I do Andre the Giant. Oh, do you? Okay, all right. So I, well, like I'll throw in Andre the Giant for you right now. All right, cool, awesome. Let me tell you something, Brownie. <laughs> I'm going to squeeze you, Sammy Hard. So I will to squeeze. Of course, and I will become the World World Wrestling Champion. <laughs> Dude, the fact that, that your, really whole, good. your whole face changed, yeah. your yeah, whole yeah, demeanor. Yeah. Like, for a second, I was like, what the fuck out of here? <laughs> <laughs> Scared the hell out of me. And I wasn't asking you that, so you do an yeah, impression. I yeah. was just asking if, if there yeah. are any. Cause, well, you know, some so, comedians, that's all they do. You know, I th- and we mentioned earlier on that you know I didn't know if I wanted to be a comedian or a professional wrestler, but I think throughout my entire life I've kind of incorporated a little bit of that uh, with each other because even when I was like in seventh grade, and kids will tell you this at TAF that went to school with me, um, I used to have a professional wrestling championship belt or whatever and i had like yep. a macho man um you know headband and stuff and so when i would be wrestling kids at taft or whatever they would uh i would come out to the mat and i'd be wearing all my gear you know the red i had like warrior. like really yeah I real like, wrestling yeah and you wear it and i was in you know amateur wrestling you know for, for <laughs> holding up the belt for yeah no and so and then and i was i gotta appreciate my teachers because they were my coaches because they were pretty cool about it you know i remember one time before the match we went up to the referee and they said the coach said to him okay this is tim's belt and you know if he wins he's going to pick it up after the match and then the referee said all right do you want me to hold it up before the match to show everybody that it's for the belt and everything or oh, whatever so, so if you lost did you lose your belt so well that that was there was a lot on the line there i, <laughs> I was selective about which matches i brought the belt to <laughs> so there was a risk but um, some kid from Harding yeah, yeah. just got my fucking belt, <laughs> and I'm not gonna be able to wrestle him again until next year. That fucking sucks. Exactly. <laughs> so I had to be pretty confident going into it before yeah. I make the belt. Make Are race. there any girls on your team? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my son had to wrestle a girl this year. Yeah, you were telling me that. Yeah, oh, I was like, uh, <laughs> so how was that? <laughs> It's like this is what I went out for. Yeah, yeah, this is what I wanted. I'm just, you know, and um, I think it's great that women are, uh, you know, girls are in wrestling. Yeah, it's a very difficult sport, you know. But I can also be like, dude, you better not fucking lose. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, it's really making a a big time uh, surgeons here, uh, women's wrestling. Yeah, I think it's gonna be. I feel like I've heard a lot more about women being wrestlers. Yeah, and I didn't mean that in a bad way. No, 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 of course not. Of course not. I was just like. For his sake, I hope he yeah. like, No, because I had the one time when I was wrestling in high school and the, there was a girl in a tournament and I was I, I was so nervous. I mean, I felt like I would win the match, but it's still like when you're a teenager and that's, that's a lot of pressure, you know, when yeah. you got your buddies around and it's, it's quite enough, no disrespect. Really about it, and, yeah. and um, but so I end up winning my match and she ended up losing hers. So she had to face somebody else. But. But I mean, yeah, it is, it is pretty different. But nowadays, yeah. you know, some of the girls are actually getting pretty good. So yeah, well, and it's going to be a thing of, uh, you know, real soon here. Well, you got beat by a girl. It's going to be like you got beat by this opponent, and that's all there is going to be. And that's what it should be. Yeah. Yeah, and it should, it should be, be you know, yeah. but just yeah. you know how history has ingrained us to think about, you know. But stuff it's such like a that. good sport. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, I don't know if there's a any girls, you know, wouldn't think they would want to consider it, but I think. Uh, they should. I mean, it's you, yeah. you, you. It's such a good sport for, you know, not just boys and and uh, and men and stuff, but it's 
it, it's a good thing, uh, you know, I would think for girls, if they could get involved in wrestling like that, because it teaches you a lot of discipline, strength, yeah, right, and determination. Right. And, right. and you can handle yourself, yeah. too. You know? Yeah, and then you feel more confident in right. yourself and things. And, and, you know, if some guy's trying to put his hands on you, you probably know how, how better than him yeah. how to get out of it or get yourself out of that situation. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's great. You know, I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong and with that. And I used to, so I used to, like I said, I, though I speaking of Harding, I did actually wrestle a kid, and I beat him up within the first few seconds of the match that he actually got like blood was coming down from oh, him and, it, and then they had to stop the match. Right. So the timekeepers or whatever were checking on him. And then I ran over to the table and I grabbed my championship belt and the referee held my hand up and then I turned to the other side. And so I used to do, but one time I lost a match and then I was upset about that. So I started pointing at the guy from across the mat after my match and I got out the tackle box and I got all the scissors and I was pointing at him like I was going to cut his hair. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe they allowed all this. Yeah, this, I know. And then this one, is what in the nineties or yeah, 90s. Eight, late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, probably 89, yeah. 90. They're probably cool with it. Then that's when yeah. WWE was really yeah, peaking. Huge, you know, yeah. I used to watch that. Uh, was it Friday nights? Saturday, oh, Saturday night's main event. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we had the uh, Cox Cable box. Yeah. Know, tick, tick, yeah. Tick, 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 tick. <laughs> and we got, the, it was on, I don't know what channel it was on. Yeah, but, NBC, uh, I think. It was, was it? Yeah. On. And uh, I remember my dad just saying the whole time, this is so fake. And I wanted to be like, no fucking shit. Like, <laughs> I know it's fake. Yeah, yeah. It's just fun to watch. It's still yeah. entertaining. Dude, yeah. it's Hulk Hogan. I never, I never got into it, but my grandpa was really into it. And some of my best memories are like, hanging out with him while he's watching it because he had like super these weird mannerisms that he would do that he would only do when he's watching wrestling well like, and it was such during that time in the eight i think it was one of the heydays because it was like hulk hogan and, yeah, Giant, yeah. and it was they had everybody had like some sort of gimmick you know yep. jake the snake yep. had a snake a yep. guy had a bird a, i mean there's just so many crazy yeah. funny the bash brothers that, uh bushwhackers bushwackers they had like <laughs> the spikes like, on the shoulder oh, no, pads uh, the road warriors are legion of doom right? yeah yeah but uh, the bushwhackers too yeah. but the bush yeah, they did it some well, well, yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah, I used to, uh, anytime I could get something involved uh, wrestling. and So people, I remember one time I wrestled, there was this move called the Perfect Plex that Mr. Perfect, uh, this professional wrestler would do, where you had to sort of like duck your head underneath their arm, and then you would kind of pick them up, and you do like this suplex, suplex backflip type of thing. Professional wrestling move, not a amateur <laughs> wrestling move. Right. <laughs> but uh, I was wrestling this one kid, and I, I wanted to do that move so bad that I, um, I was winning, but then in order to apply the move, I had to get his arm and put it over the top of my head. So then the ref, I was surprised the referee actually gave him like a two point reversal for it. For putting the arm oh, yeah, around your head? Him, for letting, and then I, cause I did like duck underneath him instead of me being on top of him. Cause that was the only way to apply a certain move. And then I like stood up and did the perfect flex and then pinned him while I'm like arching myself. It was like a ridiculous looking <laughs> thing, but I, but I incorporated every chance I could get. I was a big fan of that. So. Are you still a um, fan then? Yeah. So, wrestling? I mean, there, I mean, I loved it back in the '80s and '90s, early '90s, and, and then you know you kind of stopped watching, and then, and then I've kind of watched over the years, and then I became friends with Mick Foley. He's was a uh, wrestler in the '90s and yep. wrestled the Undertaker, yep. and he's, I remember he's, him. Yep. He's a Hall of Famer and everything, yeah, and yeah. he, um, and so, uh, you know, it's I, but previous to become friends with him recently or within the last eight years or so, he, I uh, started watching it again. But now, you know, I watch it. I still pay attention and everything. If you come over to my house, there's a I got a little uh, corner of the room, maybe this size right here, that's set up with a couple of little action figure wrestling rings and a bunch of. I set it up different. <laughs> Memorabilia. Yeah, yeah, I set it up different. What depending on what time of year it is, whatever. And so, 
So do you show that to people before you force them to watch eight seconds? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come to this corner and then we're watching this movie. Then we're watching figure. Royal Rumble 10. Okay. <laughs> got it on VHS. <laughs> this was my own copy I made. Yeah. yeah. So you got to track it. When yeah, I, was actually, I was actually watching the old VHS wrestling tape last night. It was uh, <laughs> the one that was actually recorded here in Cedar Rapids that I went to back in 88. So it was pretty nice. Cool. Oh, wow. But, yeah. <laughs> so it's funny. But... Do you know DJ Commando? Uh, yeah, he's big into wrestling. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So was Tone. Tone said he was. Yeah, too. I know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's I don't know. I I just when it comes on after uh, Modern Family on Mondays after uh, oh, seven yeah. o'clock, uh, I try to find another Modern Family. Another yeah, I mean it's not as good nowadays <laughs> as obviously it wasn't. They, I mean that's when I I was I was a yeah. kid and that, that was awesome to me and and then now I'm. You know. Well, and they're bringing all these, uh, you know, people from the UFC and, yeah. and Ninja Warriors and stuff like that, yeah. you know, which is super cool. I think yeah. that it gives, uh, you know, another avenue of entertainment for opportunity for when you're done in the professional world. You know? Yeah, and, I mean, I mean, pro- those guys are technically in this thing's like a ridiculous thing, but you could make a, a you could make um, professional wrestling an Olympic sport. It could technically be an Olympic sport. And I heard this from another wrestler named Chris Jericho, but he says that if you um, uh, let's say, okay, figure skating, you know, in the Olympics, you got two people involved and they're doing their routines. And then at the end, somebody judges, you know, how good they did on their routine, if right. they messed up or if it was perfect or flawless or whatever. And then you award accordingly. So you could get two professional wrestlers in the ring that can be doing their flips and backdrops off the ropes and flipping underneath this. And why can't you have people judging it? You're still doing the same amount of th- athletic activity as those people that are figure skating because you're jumping and running and flipping and as long as you perfect it perfectly i mean it's a routine it's a choreographed routine just like the choreographed routine figure skating so good point yeah never thought about that there could be a way to make that up (laughs) yeah that's true Use your celebrityism to make it celebrityism. Yeah, yeah uh, your celebrity yeah. is that a word? <laughs> Probably. Not. I make up words every single podcast. Maybe you put you ISM. You can put a, ISM on the end of anything. You need to make t-shirt celebrityism. Celebrityism. Yeah. The the uh, the isms. Yeah. Because what's the name of the podcast again? GXP podcast. GXP podcast. Celebrityism. Celebrityism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like it. That's the title of this one. Yeah. <laughs> So tell us about uh, some of your most memorable moments as being a comedian or working with, you know, other celebrities and so forth. Um, besides Polly Shore being naked, be and maybe Shore. and maybe that's the icing on the cake. Maybe it know. doesn't get much better than yeah. that. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> that was Dustin Diamond. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> forced to watch video surveillance for six hours. Watch this. Yeah, I mean it's. Uh... I mean, it's been, I've been lucky that I've been able to do a lot of kind of cool stuff. And I mean, it's not like I'm, you know, anybody uh, too particularly famous, but I opened for Dave Chappelle several times um, on the road. Oh, is he? Wow. Uh, he's, he's, he was a pretty nice guy. I mean, I didn't have obviously spend a whole lot of time with him, but one thing I found was interesting is in his green room, um, he had like, you know, a big size folding table or a big table in there. And it basically had every uh, brand of cigarette packs sitting on huh. the table <laughs> like uh so i don't know if that's what it says in his writer if it's just like trying to fuck with people or what but uh it's uh, <laughs> provide me with one pack of each type of cigarettes or something like that but yeah but it had pretty much and then so yeah that was pretty cool i thought um but yeah, he uh, would probably, he'd probably be pretty cool so uh for my 21st birthday um i had jeff uh book harlan williams down for oh my, yeah, harlan, my yeah. yeah so he did two shows and then he did a private show for me and my friends and family right yeah um but it was funny because i was working with jeff a lot at the time um god 
the hot tub stories that uh never mind um but <laughs> <laughs> what a letdown yeah, yeah wait a minute <laughs> well he, a minute. He was i told you about the gay guy in james <laughs> yeah. you can't. He, he was single at the time so he, he wasn't married yet and he had this uh amazing place over on the northeast side and uh, we would do 80s nights and after shows and weekends and stuff um it was always like get as many girls as you can get and uh let's go back to my place i got a hot tub in this freaking half a million dollar home well and uh so like i said yeah we, him and i are uh we're tight I'm uh, <laughs> <laughs> the key uh, part was the hot tub nobody cared about the half million home yeah yeah, 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 yeah. it's it, it, all about the hot tub yeah it's 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 somebody, the forty two hundred dollar hot tub yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. like, <laughs> we should put a hot tub on the back of like a flatbed truck and travel around with it and be like i got a hot tub let's yeah. go yeah <laughs> Yeah, shit. That'll work. Just put uh, a tarp in the back yeah. and fill up with water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let her sit out in the sun for a few days. It'll get hot. But uh, uh, I, he asked me, he goes, you know, for your 21st birthday, uh, you know, who do you want to have here? And uh, will you help promote the show? And I said, Dave Chappelle. And he was my favorite comedian at the time. He's still one of my favorites. Yeah. I, I love oh, him. Oh, he's great. Uh, yeah. You know, same with Jim Brewer and, and, and Harlan Williams and everything. Um, and uh, so he gets on the phone with Dave's agent and he goes, well, he's doing he's doing something for Comedy Central right now. So, He's not. He's not on the road. And he's like, oh, "Who else do you want?" And I said, "Well, Jim Brewer or Harlan Williams." Um, Half Baked was like my favorite movie at the time. Still is. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's great. A, it's a it's good a film. One. Yeah, yeah. Just it's gonna be awkward when I watch it with my kids for the first time. <laughs> Check out this. Never mind. Um, <laughs> but uh, Harlan came down and he and he had a hell of a show. Um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think I went to that one. Did you? Yeah, and then we went out with the. I think we went to it's called Borrow Bucks or something like that afterwards. I don't remember. Over, I uh, stayed down there and partied. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I Actually, went out with him afterwards. I thought he took off. Well, I remember being at about one of the bars here in Cedar Rapids. Yeah, maybe. Um, but I don't know if that was his time. Or if it was another yeah. time. I don't know. I can't and then remember. Jim Brewer came a couple months later. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've worked with Jim a couple of different times on the road and we always talk about this uh actually i've eaten funyuns with them and uh, after the show <laughs> <laughs> just kind of funyuns weird thing. Great. I was backstage funyuns are great yeah room, yeah, yeah brewer, man you know? <laughs> <laughs> i was like that was pretty cool <laughs> <moment. Hagen-Dazs> ice cream. <laughs> um yeah so i guess i'm pretty much done with everybody on uh, almost on half big harley williams jim brewer and um uh, we, I got to meet Stephen Wright too. Oh damn, that's cool. Um, yeah, because he came to the Paramount and Jeff brought him. Oh, man. and so I got almost uh, except for Dave. You got Dave. You got the yeah. uh, you got the cherry on yeah, top. Yeah, yeah. You know. But we when I was talking to Jim Brewer, there's this hilarious show. Um, this was when I was uh, living in Iowa City, and it was right before, right as I'm doing open mics when I'm trying to get started as a comedian. But Norm Macdonald is the headliner at Hancher Auditorium in Iowa City. The feet or middle act is Jim Brewer, and the opening act is uh, Daryl Hammond. They were all on Saturday Night Live, and it was called Sunday Night Live. It was on a Sunday night, and um, it was part of the University of Iowa's Alumni Association get-together or something. There's some golf tournament going on the next day involved in that. Well, anyways, Daryl Hammond comes up, does all these impressions. Bill Clinton, uh, the audience likes him because it's a fairly older crowd. Sure, you know? yeah. Jim Brewer comes up. You know, he does his pot jokes and his drinking jokes, and, and he's so funny. Um that even though some of the material uh, the audience maybe didn't pre, they you know, it was hard not to laugh at Jim Brewer just because right. he's so he's, yeah. so, he's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he opens for Metallica. Yeah, I know. Dude, have you ever was... seen him when he does his uh, when he does his uh, rock band show? No, because oh, I did a show with him one time where I opened for him, and he had a full fledged band that he come, came on stage with and he would do his jokes. But then in the middle of the joke, part of the, part of the joke would be like, and then the guy from ACD, yeah, 
talking about? And he had the band really? starts kicking in and, and everything. It was, well, it was a pretty cool show. I, Metallica loves him. Yeah. And everybody that's seen his show, uh, I've heard, that said it was uh, it was awesome. It was so unique. You yeah. Know? It was pretty you go to a co- Metallica concert, you expect to see a couple bands beforehand and then Metallica rock yeah. the stage. But then you got somebody like Jim Brewer comes <laughs> out and like totally lightens up the crowd. Yeah. Like, I want to be angry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, Hand shot of Oh, yeah. yeah. Norm McDonald comes out and then he, uh, he, okay, so Norm is uh, weird. Tim, you were talking about uh, my favorite comedians, and yeah, Norm, yeah, yeah. Norm is definitely uh, up there too. Dude, he's great. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, but I and I remember every joke pretty much that he told that night, like from the start of it. Like one of the first jokes, he comes out and he's like, ah, "I just got a gay haircut." And, uh, <laughs> but uh, I went to the stylist today and I uh, said, uh, "Give me a good haircut." And of course, him being gay, he thought good was gay, so he gave me a gay haircut. But, uh, <laughs> and then, then his next joke's like, "Yeah, so I uh, once saw a pig fuck a woman," but. Uh, 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 not in person, it was on a video, but uh, then I'm thinking after this pig fucks his beautiful woman, now he got to go back and fuck his pig wife. That can't be good. And then uh, and then I'm also thinking, uh, what if you're a guy watching that video and uh, you realize that woman turned you down at the bar? So, oh my God, that's uh, not good. And now she's fucking a pig. But then uh, so he's like, it just keeps each one gets... Then the next one was like, and I'm just saying this because I love him, but um, they, he's like, I was reading a penthouse form and then... Uh, on there, uh, whenever it says like a guy's name, like Norm, uh, or no, it says like a uh, Bill, I'll change it to Norm. So uh, it says uh, <laughs> Bill's at his home and he's uh, he's lubing up his uh, pork chop. I'm pretty sure that's his cock. I'm pretty sure that's what he's talking about. <laughs> but, uh, and then uh, did, uh, two beautiful girls come over and they start fucking uh, Phil. I mean Norm. And then. Uh, <laughs> And then Norm's brother comes in and starts fucking him in the ass. Oh, my God. I don't want to be Phil anymore. I don't want to be Phil. So um, my advice is read ahead. That's what I'm trying to say. Just read ahead. You <laughs> so, do a good Norm McDonald. Yeah, he's telling all these jokes. And there's like 3,000 people at this uh, show. And then as each joke progresses, Norm's almost getting worse. So people start leaving. Like People are just exiting. Really? The, uh, yeah, they're taking off. And um. By the time he was done, there was like 80 people left out of 3,000. And then this was while Norm was still on Saturday Night Live, too. And so he's like, I don't know what you expect me to do. Hold up a picture of Yasser Arafat and make a joke about it. But uh, uh, so and then uh, that got to be this big write up. It was like on the Paul Harvey show the next day. They were talking about the University of Iowa revoked his chance to play golf with them the next day or something like that. And <laughs> They're it, like, yeah. just for that you can't play golf. Yeah, from Bob, Bob Bowlesby was the uh, was the uh, athletic director at the time of Iowa and he was one, so Norm said, I guess years later, he had a couple of letters uh, hanging on his wall. One was from Bob Dole, because he used to do a Bob Dole impression. I'm Bob Dole, Bob Dole here. No. Yep, yeah. Norm would do a Bob Dole impression, so he got a letter from Bob Dole, and then the other one was from Bob Bowlesby, saying, like, we didn't appreciate your show, and you're revoked from, you know, going to the golf tournament. So, um, but then years later, then I uh, uh, was talking to Norm, and I was telling him about that night, and I said, and then I started, like, telling him, you remember you did this joke, or whatever, and then he's like, and he like had forgotten his own jokes by this point in time. Oh, yeah. And he's like, Oh my God. Huh? He starts laughing as I'm telling him, <laughs> I'm telling him like I was telling you guys his jokes yeah. and he's like laughing about them. And then he goes up and he does his show that night 
And then after the show, he comes back up to me and he's like, okay, so what were those jokes again? And he starts writing them down. <laughs> <laughs> he starts writing. I'm like telling How him. How crazy his own for joke. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah know, what a crazy. Like, yeah, that'd be crazy. Exactly. So I'm telling him his own jokes that he's laughing at. <laughs> I'm getting laughs from him on his own jokes. These were he good, forgot. Yeah. And then he remembered, oh, those are good. Yeah, and he started writing them down. That's so funny, man. And so. I mean, think about that. That that story right there is invaluable. I mean, Norm MacDonald, uh, I love him. He, yeah. He's one of my favorite actors and comedians. Um, but you got to be extremely personable with him. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I, I ended up giving him a CD because I had made the CD at the time. Uh, it, it was just – it was, had my comedy stuff on there, but then it also had just weird things that I did in between. the kind of, Like I did an impression of – I think it was – it wasn't called a podcast, but it was like Norm Macdonald and Jeff Foxworthy doing a uh, show together, right? Like a, just a talk show together, like, and so, <laughs> so I would you, do back and forth impressions of each of them. I, you like, might be right I would now, love to know? hear that. Is that? <laughs> I got it. Uh, uh, I don't have. I have some of the stuff was online a little bit. Some of the stuff they actually play on XM Radio because I get every once in a while I get. Yeah, you've been on Raw Dog. Right? Yeah, every once in a while I get yeah. residual checks like they just deposit it into my bank account, depending on how often that they play yeah. my stuff on. I listen or to. I listen to Raw Dog. And so I. The only way I know that they play it is when I get, you know, the, the money deposited. Sometimes it'll be 18 cents. Sometimes it'll be, you know, 400 bucks. It just depends, I wow. guess. But, um, but, uh, is people will call me up and be like, oh, you're on there right now. But I've, I had never heard myself on there. But, um, <laughs> so there's just some weird stuff like that. So I gave Norm a, uh, I gave Norm the CD of me talking like him. So I don't know if he's ever listened to it or not. But <clears throat> I was going to see if it was out there. There's uh well the, the on YouTube I got on one of my YouTube channels I have um I don't think I have that up there well I guess maybe it could be on XM but I don't know how you I there's there's ways you can request certain jokes I think on there but but I have a uh, recording of one of the other things I had on that same CD of of doing a uh, you guys are what are you guys doing plugging in something yeah <laughs> sorry no i got add i got uh, <laughs> what are you guys doing i want really? to yeah, I want I <laughs> what's going on i was gonna try and pull something up here um we had computer issues before uh, the show started so we had to uh change the computers around so usually tim would have his computer up yeah I'm sorry yeah. verbatim yeah 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 i'd be able to look stuff up and play it or <laughs> Not this time. Yeah, well, we could probably do that with a phone. I, you know, I never even thought about that. But, uh... Probably not my phone. Yeah. Do Do you have a headphone jack in that thing? No, but I have a, a I have an thing? adapter for it. Yeah. But a, a doohickey. One extra. Yeah, a doohickey. A little yeah. dongle. See, that's why I don't want to. I I still got an iPhone six, right? Um, it's been like four years since I've upgraded, and and I got so much shit on here, and I got a fucking headphone jack. Yeah. Like, dude, that's key. I love yeah. having a headphone jack. Yeah. yeah. It, Actually, it's great. It's not a huge change not having it, but. It's just one extra piece that you have to remember if you're because everything's right. wireless now. Yeah, I mean, I know. wireless headphones is what people. Yeah, are Yeah, I got so. wireless earbuds and all yeah. that stuff. But for a show like this, but we for can't, the, yeah. what else sucks so about wireless? So you got to continue to charge them. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's the so thing too. Yeah, regular headphones, like if the, you got them, you don't need to. The bases yeah. though, charge them as long as you charge the base. Then like I have these little wireless oh, really? earbuds. Yeah. Oh. So. Yeah, my my headphones, which these you would have to uh, plug them in like a phone to oh, get them yeah. charged. So it's. I don't have like a base like he was talking about. I do it for my watch. I think I'm but... gonna have to get a new phone though because like my phone's so old that the battery just, is just shit anymore. Just it... make sure you save everything. Yeah, I know. Put it on the cloud. That's what you got to do. Yeah, I'm gonna pay the 99 cents and put everything up on the cloud uh, so the government can have everything of mine. Yeah, there you go. We all do it. 
We all have to do it. I haven't. Bend over. <laughs> I'll just plug it into my computer and just put everything onto my computer. That's a weird way, too. You know? And that way it takes the government another two steps to get all my shit. But, I mean. They're going to have it anyway. If they, yeah, if they have if you have it on the cloud, anytime you transfer over to another phone. It just goes right it's over. It's so fast. It's yeah. such a bit. I mean, I transferred my phone. It probably took 20 minutes. No That's shit. it. Like, yeah. It was nothing to do it. See, I'm a stubborn. And there's only like two steps to I'm it. Such a stubborn technology person. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? See, I love, I love figuring out all that, like how that stuff works. I've always been like a tele- technology nut. The latest and greatest gadgets. <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't have. Oh, fuck, you can't do that. I'll just. If you had an iPhone a... eight. No, I don't. What type of phone do you have? I got. I don't. I don't really know what this thing is. Honestly, I had another phone. I had like a. I used to have a. This got a headphone jack. I used to have a. Yeah, it's got a headphone jack. Well, shit. But let's I'm, plug it in so we got, can. I don't got too much service, but let me see if I can. You can jump on my end. No, I mean it. Oh, do you have it? Okay. Yeah. Should we tell everybody what the. 2019. Nah. Yeah, I, I got <laughs> Wi Fi. I got a 14 and 12 year old. Fuck yeah, I got Wi Fi. I have to have Wi Fi. Right. It's like a requirement. Yeah, it'd be hard to survive yeah, without Wi Fi. It's not, not your internet is the one you want to click on, and then I'll type in my code. I'm not going to give everybody out there. That'd be a bad podcast idea. All your neighbors would <laughs> be like, all about Why it. is there 14 cars parked outside <laughs> your house? <laughs> <laughs> Motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Let's see here. Connect. Uh, not your internet yet. That's right. So if you guys drive by my house, if you figure out, I don't know. I just got to, um, boom. Let's see here. We shall see. You guys are, uh, listening to this in real time and God bless you. God bless you all to an all good night. (laughs) (laughs) Twas the night before Christmas. Yeah. So, uh, we got, if you guys are uh, just tuning in, which I don't know why you would be. We've got Tim Sullivan here. (laughs) Yeah. We're an hour and 43 minutes in. Like, oh, I'm just going to click on it here. I wonder if we're going to have the same problem with that. Is it? We're not going to go past three hours. Well, what if it's two? Uh, I was, I was watching it at two. And if it, if it is at two, uh, you know, we can stop it and then. My computer's up and running now, and we can we can get it over. Where where does the uh, cutoff line come from? Uh, it was nobody the, knows. Uh, yeah, kind of mystery. We yeah. just we just learned it that one episode. Yeah, that's and sucks. it just went three hours and shut off and didn't save and was like what? Yeah, so that's how we figured out. I was wondering that because I saw it was getting closer to two. I was like, I hope. Yeah, it was a bunch of poppycock. Is what it was. <laughs> it was a bunch of yeah poppycock. Pop- I haven't heard that word in a long time. Yeah, yeah, you can say that now. Poppycock. Yeah. What's uh, that thing called again? A boom McNutt. Boom McNutt. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. If you can't find anything, no big deal. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I gotta figure out what this, what some of the stuff's under. But he's all fucking stoned right now, trying to yeah, find shit on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, what? <laughs> Isn't it weird how that uh, when you have a device in front of you, it's hard to like hold a conversation? You know? Yeah. You'd be like, you, you, you'll literally trail off. Like, you'd be like, oh, and and by the <laughs> <laughs> and. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, Sally, no, I don't know. I don't know. Hold on. Where a was second. I? I got to respond to this Where text right now. Yeah. Okay. You know, and nobody can text and talk at the same no. time. No. Or text and listen, I should say. No. Like, even if you're talking to somebody that's texting, yeah. it's like, you can't listen. You're not listening. Yeah. I'm blasting my quads. It's like walking and chewing <laughs> gum at the same time. Just people can't do it. I can do that. <laughs> I hope so. Rub your tummy yeah. and tap your this, head. This yeah. isn't part of the yeah, show. See, I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> get this thing off here. I'll do this for you. Yeah, there you go. I got take off. Thing. Take off your phone. You guys want to hear a little? Uh, you know, I was telling you, I was a wrestling fan <clears throat> yeah. when I was a kid, and um, 
so I used to set up my little action figures with, you know, set up when I was a kid, I'd set up my little wrestling action figures. Yeah. yeah. And then I would make it a big event, like a WrestleMania, I'd call it or whatever. Did you have the ring? Yeah, I had a little ring. Fuck Sometimes yeah. I'd put it outside on the football field and pretend like it was a big. You know. <laughs> I'm in a stadium. <laughs> We're in a stadium today. <laughs> and uh, so. Uh, sometimes I would set, I would have such imagination. I would set this stuff up. So I was pretending like Huey Lewis and the news was going to be singing the national anthem previous oh, to shit, the start. Yeah. Huey Lewis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, uh, I'm going to get this. This is me as a little kid singing, Huey, introducing Huey Lewis to sing the, uh, national anthem before my wrestling event. But mind you, I was a little kid, so I didn't, I probably didn't know all the words to the national anthem. <laughs> We're not going to judge yeah, you. So, <laughs> It's being. Yeah. I mean, the listeners will judge it. We won't. Yeah, I'll play you always judge national yeah. anthem. You have to tell me if it's put your working. volume all the way up. Yeah. yeah. Ask Roseanne. Is it open? She did the national okay. anthem. Okay, should be starting here in a second. Okay. I think it was a silent part, real quick. Maybe it's already started. Right. America, oh, here we go. the beautiful, is Huey Lewis and the News. <laughs> Oh, say, can you see? <laughs> By the dawn of G-Line. What's the prize of winning? At the twilight, why is the meaning? Who was where it was, why is it? With a peril to be. <laughs> Well, the young and the legs and the yellows and steaming. <laughs> so, is that like a hip-hop version? <laughs> well, I don't know. I was trying to play the drums like <laughs> the drums are playing. I was trying to do the whole sound. <laughs> That's what I love about That's you, man. Good. That's like, great. I was like that growing up. Like I had these whole scenarios in my head of how things wanted to play out, and then I'd try to figure out how to do it because we didn't have a lot of money growing up and yeah. everything. And so, like, I would find stuff around the house and and do weird, quirky stuff like that. And my son's the same way. Except for he's got a freaking bank account. Oh, yeah. you know. <laughs> so that's I, I think that's why you and I have always connected because I'm like, there's something about you that we're just two goofy guys that like to have fun. Well, I always thought because you had a lot of commitment too to what you were doing and stuff. So especially back when it seemed like before other people did. Like I said, like I tried to be a comedian. You know, back in the '90s before. Nowadays, if you go down to Penguins, there's a lot of open mics. So people are, all, everybody's going around. Yeah, I'm a comedian, and then, and I wasn't, but I, I was really one of the only people trying to do it at that time. Like right. when I said they set up that comedy competition or not competition, but you know, thing with that comedian from Des Moines. Yep. And there was a couple other people that were involved in that class, but right after that class, and they quit. I just kept staying with it and sticking with it. And there, like I said, I used to have to drive in Madison because there was nowhere to perform. But I think that was kind of the same with you is that you just had a commitment to what you wanted to do, you know, with yourself and your, yeah. your, uh, your, uh, ideas and you just stuck with it, you know? And I think that's part, part of the thing is no matter what it is, you know, as long as you stick with something. And that's why I tell people too, when you're, you know, some people come up to me after a show, Oh, I always wanted to be a comedian. And I always say, well, you should try it at least then once. Do it. Just yeah. do it. Get up there once and then see how you feel after that. And that's kind of like going back to my movie audition thing or whatever. You know, I I had to at least do it the once, you know, know what I'm getting involved in. And it wasn't quite as scary as I, you know, pictured it. And after that, you know, go from there. But I, I dabbled my hands in a lot of different things because I was a radio uh, personality for a while. I was a club DJ. Uh, I was a radio DJ. I you know, I, and then I got to, to Penguins Comedy Club and I started messing with 
you know, a little bit of comedy here and there. I, I, I didn't, you know, I never did like a set. I just was the guy up there that, that opened the shows yeah. and everything, but I wanted to be involved, you know, as much as possible. Cause I thought it was such a neat world. And, and this was like 2000, 2001. So this was when the comedy scene was really starting to catapult like nationwide, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the seventies and the eighties, it struggled the nineties, it really broke open. And then this was the opportunity where, people were coming through on a consistent basis, you know? Um, and I'm sure you got to work with people like Joe Piscopo mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, uh, Bobcat Goldthwait. Oh yeah. Bob. God, he's I got so... Bobcat's number right here. In my Dude. Phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, Chris Reed, a uh, kid from kid and play. Uh, he was super cool. He came through, um, uh, uh, Michael Winslow. Yeah. You know, all these people came through and I was, I was lucky enough to work for a place inside a city that I just had to drive downtown and, Jeff put me on stage in front of these people, in front of the, you know, the feature acts. Well, that's a, you know? a good thing about Penguins is, you know, it's, I mean, you can't say Sea Rapids is the biggest city in the world, but <clears throat> they've been able to maintain a comedy club, you know, since 87 or so. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. And brought in a lot of people that would never come through the city, you know. Otherwise. Yeah. Otherwise. David yeah. Tell came through? God, that yeah. I hilarious. mean, pretty much yeah. every comedian, even before they, you know, now a lot of them obviously do arenas or theaters and stuff like that. But, yeah. you know, I mean, they've had... Ron White and they've had uh, Louis C.K. Yep. and they've had, I mean, pretty much everybody that you can imagine has come. Then you got people like point. Carl yeah. LeBeau. Oh, yeah. God, dude, isn't yeah, he yeah, hilarious? Yeah. He's <laughs> such a funny dude. Yeah, and Sam Kinison. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, he used to be Sam Kinison's good traveling partner yeah. and stuff. And yeah. I, I really, that was another comedian that I really liked too. I mean, okay. he was such a different style than anything that right, I do. Right. But he was just such a great comedy mind and writer and he used to be a preacher before he you know well he had a car accident and yeah. and that's what changed everything him and roseanne barr almost have like the same type of story well from what i understand uh, sam kinnison yeah they both got in car accidents and after uh, and had brain injuries and after that they were completely different people well um I, oh this is the from car what accident. I understand, yeah, yeah no that might be true i i don't i don't know if it was a previous car accident is one you're talking about but the he when he died uh, this like 19 96 or yeah. somewhere around there. Yeah. So he was on his way to Vegas, I think to do a show and his brother was following him in a car <clows> and uh, he got into a <clears throat> uh, drunk driver was coming the other way on this highway on the way to Vegas and crashed into him. And then um, his brother was behind him and they quick run up to the scene and, you know, get him out of the car and his, and Sam Kinison is saying something like, Oh, I don't, don't want to die. I don't want to, or something to that nature. And then, and then his brother's talking about how they laid him on the, on the uh, road there. And then all of a sudden, like something came over Sam Kinison where he was like, Oh, 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 I see. I see. I see. I see now. I see now. And, and I, okay. And he was like really happy to let go. And he was like, basically Hmm. like he was seeing something, Hmm. you know, right before he went or whatever. So it's a kind of interesting thing or whatever, but that could have been like the cocaine leaving. his system. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. The guy did a lot of blow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. That's that very another, possible. Uh, another theory. Uh, he wasn't sober when he died. Well, uh, <laughs> see, when I uh, did the uh, acid there, uh, they uh, said that you get a flashback, but uh, you don't get a flashback. Uh, I never got a flashback. I think it's just a bunch of propaganda by the big acid companies. <laughs> the big acid company. That was a Norm Macdonald joke from that night. I uh, know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, they they say that uh, your body produces DMT. It's natural in your body, right? And, and it's in your liver and your lungs. And then, like, this 
third or fourth gland or something we have in our body. It's called some I I don't know. I listen to too many damn podcasts, but they they claim that so DMT is the stuff that they find in uh, LSD and uh, hallucinogens, right? Um, that when you are dying, your body emit or uh, releases that chemical. So that's what they think a lot of people. You know, when they see the bright lights and the colors and the life flashing before their eye, they're tripping fucking balls right before <laughs> you die, um, which is a theory. They don't know yeah. that because people who they brought back, they have these, you know, and they can't prove that the DMT is released, you know, by your brain or but it's in your body. It's naturally in your body. So they think that that's released in small amounts of doses when you REM sleep and you dream fucking crazy dreams. So it makes sense, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't know if it's true. Yeah. I've never saying, died before. No, <laughs> neither have I. Yeah. I almost did. Yeah, but, yeah, there was that one time. <laughs> turns out I was really, really high. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am dying. <laughs> no, you're not. You just ate an edible. Go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to wake up for the podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no shit. It's a two. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, shit. So what yeah, else you got going on, man? Yeah, so I don't know. I'm going to St. Paul here coming up uh, next week or so, somewhere around there. You're still gigging a lot, yeah, right? Yeah, so I haven't been doing it quite as much uh, right now. I've been trying to stay home a little bit more, but I've been uh, working on a new, uh, like a whole new show and kind of a whole new thing that, I don't know, It's uh, after doing comedy for 23 years, um, it's been nice to be back, you know, in Iowa and just having a kind of a chill lifestyle a little bit without having to travel and be right. You know, it used to be where it was just me and I didn't have anybody I had to worry about. So I could just travel and be in Georgia and then I might have three or four days off in between having to be in Florida the next week or something like that. So I could stay in hotel, stay on the beach, stay with friends, whoever. But now it's sort of like, I don't know, it's not always cool to be gone you know for months at a time you know almost <laughs> and so some of those gigs don't make sense if you're going to go to georgia for let's say a few days and then drive all the way or come all the way back to iowa and then go back down to florida uh, week. so yeah. it doesn't make sense so i've been haven't been setting up as many gigs in that nature so i've been doing um more stuff you know around the midwest and um stuff that doesn't take as far as travel with but in the meantime um that's just temporary and um i'm working on a whole new set and got a lot of uh things someday in the future that'll be do you now do you do you're booking yourself or do you uh, have an agent that takes no i pretty much at this point yeah i pretty much just do it myself but uh, you work for a lot of different agents and different booking people and and uh i try not i i'm i'm horrible i'm horrible at my at uh business aspect of comedy i feel like that's the part Mm. where i really lack uh good um ground game i guess you could say sure. or whatever okay. you know yeah um so if i was better at the business aspect there would be a lot of it. but like for instance i will somebody will ask me this this happened recently and uh, without getting too far into details but somebody asked me to uh open for some comedian that they were bringing right. or yep. do whatever and i um was like okay yeah you know whatever you need and then it turned out to be this whole fiasco and they didn't communicate very well and then they didn't then it seemed like they i got squished down and because i was nice i didn't make a fuss about it so i ended up not getting anything right out yeah. of the deal and it, it kind of was weird but but uh <laughs> but that's not a big deal but i don't know where i was going with that I... <laughs> <laughs> no we're talking about that rep- representation yeah, yeah, yeah no. representation yeah 
Yeah. So no celebrityism. So yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got Polly Shore's mom. Right, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> the boob episode. This boob. Is, yeah. This one's gonna be called for sure. Yeah. <laughs> the exposed boob. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. The, so okay. Let me say boob. this. Uh, after I went to the comedy store there, I went to the um, Laugh Factory in town, which is yep. down the street from the comedy store. Okay. And so the guy that runs the Laugh Factory is a guy named Jamie Masada, and he is the guy that actually introduced Michael Jackson to this kid that accused Michael Jackson oh, of doing that. He was the intermediary somehow in that. But this guy is not, he owns a club, but he's, I wouldn't say he's not even as well uh, thought. He doesn't know as much about comedy. I would say he's Pauly Shore's mom. She's, she watches comics. She's good with it. Right. Anyways, this is the process at the time when I was living in LA to get into that club. You had to Thursday nights, let's say it was, Get in line very early, and if you were one of the first 20 people in line, you got to go on two hours later that night. So you have to, by 5 o'clock that night, if you were in one of the first 25 people in line, all those 25 people would go on starting at 7 o'clock. But you would only get three minutes, and there would be a guy on the side of the stage, some old guy that had his own microphone. And if you went over on your time, then he would get on the microphone and be like, all right, you're done. Get off. Hurry up. You know, and stuff. So, because Jesus, had, no lights, yeah, no light. No, no, yeah. no, no it's time. Get off. You know, and uh, <laughs> some of these oppressions sound like the same norm. Joey yeah, Diaz. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was, it's actually Joey guy. Diaz at the Laugh Factory. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Maybe that was Joey Diaz. Yeah. That's norm. Dude, yeah, I'd be scared them. of Joey Diaz. <laughs> no, I definitely. I know. I hope he's not listening. Um, oh, yeah. Joey Diaz listens to our podcast. <laughs> well. You never know. We I heard know. what you said, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, I like you. I'm going to bring you on the road with me. Yeah, maybe that'll work out. Uh, heard you do poop, Joey. <laughs> so this guy is... So, okay, so... In the meantime, I invite my friend that had went with me to the comedy store. That you sold know. you out. Yeah, sold me out. Like, <laughs> the home, secretly think he had a plan for it. You know, he's like, oh, fuck this. I'm not going to. You're on your own. But uh, so he was going to wait in line with me as well. You know, and you're like, I, I made sure I was ahead of him. In yeah. line, at least in case we hit the cutoff point. Where I was. But um, so we end up getting to be the top 25 people that are going to perform that night. And so my friend still hasn't done a set yet, you know. Well, because he got screwed out of it. Because he got screwed out of that last So, you one. know what? Maybe it was a good thing that that happened because then that would have been you getting screwed out of that set. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. Although he still had a chance to go up and at some point, but he left. And if it was me, I would have probably at least stayed. But Polly Shore's mom probably wouldn't have been there at the time, so it wouldn't have mattered too much anyway. So And you wouldn't have seen her too. And I wouldn't have seen her boob, yeah, and it wouldn't have been this. <laughs> That a story wouldn't story. have been happening. He said, cool. I went up and I sucked, and then uh, nobody saw it, and that was pretty much, yeah. know, I wondered. So, yeah, so it probably is better this way. See, life works out. People I know, always right? look yeah. for ways that it should <laughs> work was, out in a better way, but it's not the better way. The always. silver lining was it's like, well, I, I was the one who got screwed out of it. He did. Yeah. And I got to see a boob. Yeah. yeah. I can, add, know, that, I mean, I can yeah. add that boob to yeah. my list. Yeah. I yeah. would use that as, you know, a one-upper yeah. at any time. You know, that like, makes you sense. See uh, Pauly Shore's mom's boob? I have. Yeah. Yeah. Is it great? No. Fuck no. And I didn't but think, I have. Yeah. And I didn't think, and, but there are some pictures, if you look at her from when she was younger, she was uh, a lot more pretty than she was at this particular time with her. So is that boob. the boob that you have stored in your head? The old one or the... The old one is going to be stored in there. <laughs> can't unsee it's, that. It's a, there's sort of like a dried thing that goes along with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying not to get too many details. Uh, I, don't, I don't like to disparage people, really. <laughs> um, <laughs> It wasn't her fault, but uh, I think it was. <laughs> I don't think you can blame anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Joey Diaz, who yeah. unzipped her shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
my friend goes up. He does this thing at the Laugh Factory. He goes up first. Okay, everybody's – there's like seven people in this. I thought it was going to be a full – I'm finally in L.A. doing a show. I thought it was going to be a full crowd. There's like seven people in the audience. No, eight people, 12 people maybe at some point. But um, everybody that goes up that does their three minutes is doing terrible. You can't do that great with that audience anyways. They, you know, like you're going to get huge right. laughs. But this also the pressure of having some guy on stage. All right, you're done. Get off. You know, and so – a lot of people were going over time and he would get, he would, you know, start to pick up a microphone. Like you could see him getting ready to, you know, I'm going to be telling you to get off here in a second. He'd slow motion it. And then, uh, so, uh, my friend goes up, he does his bit. He actually did have one fairly fu- funny joke at the time and I'll tell it cause he never did jokes again, but, uh, about his, his sister, uh, it was a big girl and she, <laughs> so she wore big jeans and, um, so her jeans had, um, huge pockets like you sure, know to fill yeah. up the butt area and he goes just because she's a bigger girl doesn't mean she has more to carry you know <laughs> you can fit a whole loose leaf notebook in the back of the pocket. <laughs> so i'm telling that in honor of him because he never got to tell it but uh other than that one night <clears throat> so he that was a pretty funny joke but he didn't get hardly any laughs and then he did some other stuff and didn't get too many laughs and then i got up there and then uh i was actually getting i was surprised i was getting laughs i was like all right this is going great and then the problem is jamie masada is the guy, you know, in charge and he sits there up in this balcony and watches you. And then if you, he's going to talk to you about it afterwards, which I guess is good. Nice of him. But, uh, so then I'm doing my jokes. I'm getting laughs. I'm doing good. And then, uh, here I see, and I'm, I know how much I'm paying exact attention. I got my timer set from before they even call my name, just so I'm off in enough time. And I see the old guy getting ready, like going like this. And then I said something, Oh, don't even think, don't even start old man. I said, I <laughs> <laughs> I was pissed because I was, and I was like, I'm not, I'm doing, I don't remember. I somehow I got into it with him. And then, uh, but it still went all right. Afterwards, I was the only one that got last, did a good job. And uh, we get to go up, we're all standing in line, all 25 of us. And then, uh, you know, he tells my friend, my friend sits down, oh, you are the greatest. He's telling him, you, you are the best. You know, he said, he's telling me, this is his first time on stage. He goes, you are obviously well-polished and you've been traveling around for a while and you've been, <laughs> I appreciate this and I'm going to start bringing you in more often and all this. And then, uh, and I've already been performing for numerous years. Yeah, right. Point, you know? Yeah. And uh, so then I go and sit down and he's like, oh. You know, you don't just come in here and think this is your first time you can get on stage. And, and you're like, what the fuck? I'm like, no, wait, wait a minute. I'm like thinking, no, no, I think you had the wrong one. This isn't my first time. And then, and then, so I tried to like stop him because I thought he was insulted by thinking this was my first time on stage. Right. And I'm trying to use up his stage time or something. So I said, no, I, uh, and he goes, oh, you interrupt me. All right, you go. And then I'm like, what? You leave. You want to interrupt me. And I'm like. God oh my damn it. God. So yeah. I'm like, oh, I get up like to leave. And then I think to myself as I'm walking away, I'm like, I was like, I can't do it. So I walk back and I said, no, you know, I don't go. And then I said, uh, I go, I stood outside for like 10 hours today, just waiting to be one of these number numbers to get in to perform in front of you. And then I got this old guy on stage acting like I'm going over my time when I haven't even got near it yet. I'm the only one out there that got any laughs. And you're telling me this is my first time on stage. So all I want to know is from you is what are you trying to look for in a comedian? Are you trying to look for somebody that's funny or somebody that just does, you know, corny jokes to get laughs? And he's like, uh, just be funny. And I was like, ah, fuck this guy. So I left there and then, so I never got to perform Jeez. there. Yeah. And then, uh, so I didn't get to perform there. I didn't get to perform at the comedy store. And then, and I was sleeping at the bed of my friend, you know, who didn't even have a mattress himself, you know, but for when I say bed, <laughs> he's got a blanket probably himself. That's how poor we are in LA. And then, uh, so, um, 
I have to rely on him for car rides. So I get a call from this one comedian. It's Valentine's Day. And um, my friend's at work. And I answer. He says, hey, Tim. And I had only met this comedian once on the road in New Mexico, you know, somewhere. And uh, he says, so I'm going on a date tonight with this girl. And uh, she wants to meet some of my friends, but I don't have any friends. So could, <laughs> could you be my friend? Could you just come to this bar or wherever we're at and say you're my friend and hang out with us for a little bit? I'd really appreciate that. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't want to, I don't even have a car. I'm not, I don't know what it, and he's like, and then he says, well, let me tell you a little bit about her. She is the 2001 Playboy Playmate of the year. And, uh, and I'm like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And then well, but, I can find a car. Yeah. And this guy is not a good looking guy at all. He's just a little hobbit nerd looking weird guy. You know, he was like, I'm thinking to myself, how did this guy go on on a date with a 2000 playboy playman of the year? And then he says, well, so here's the thing, by the way, when you come, don't tell her that you're a comedian or anything like that. Cause uh, she doesn't like people in the industry. She doesn't like musicians or comedians or actors or anything he goes i just told her i'm a computer programmer and she seemed to really appreciate that about me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 2001 so, yeah. 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 so i'm like deal. all right so those I'm other like, guys are so superficial I'll try and, be there. and so in the meantime my buddy gets uh home from work and i say hey guess what we're doing tonight for valentine's day because both of us are losers <laughs> we didn't have dates and i said we're going out on a date with a 2001 playboy playmate of the year and he's like all right let's go he don't care and so um so we drive there and then uh, we come in the back door to get into this like restaurant. It was called Baroni's. It's on Ventura Boulevard in LA. And uh, I don't know if it's still there or not, but uh, we walk in and then I see him sitting in this booth by himself or whatever. And then I bring my friend, you know, with me. And then he's like, oh, oh what's going on? Who's this? And I go, eh, this is my friend. And then he goes, what's he doing? I go, well, you said you needed friends. I figured what's the problem? I'm bringing another guy. <laughs> you know, you're talking right, about yeah. you needing friends. Go, oh, okay. And so then, uh, he sits down with me. We sit. My my buddy just wants to get drunk. He don't care about nothing. What's going on? Really, he just wants to get drunk. And let <laughs> Slamming me do him my back. Thing. Yeah. yeah. And so he order, and then he orders a couple, and they bring him over in these like really little small glasses. They're like in the But anyways, um, so the guy that invited me there, he says, "All right, uh, she should be here coming in a minute. I I've got to go make a phone call, do something or whatever. And uh, but do you want to see a picture of what she looks like or whatever?" I'm like, all right, yeah, sure, yeah. So he hands me the actual Playboy magazine that she's in. <laughs> you know? I was just thinking that that would be so funny if that's what he had. <laughs> well, 2001, you yeah. Have a camera. Yeah, phone. what else would you right. do? Yeah. yeah, what else would you do? You have a Nokia. There's no, yeah. there's no camera on that. <laughs> yeah, there's, that's true. And he hands me that magazine, so I, I am like, all right. And then he takes off, and so in the meantime, I'm, <laughs> she's the centerfold lady or whatever, you know, whatever. I'm trying to look at it, and, and then that's I'm reading about like her hobbies and activities and where she's from, and it says I like whatever surfing and whatever, and I, I'm from Oregon and all this and stuff. And so then, uh, uh, my friend and me were ordering beers, and they're like, "These glasses are worthless." And we're just like making jokes about the waiter and how he's stupid, and these glasses are worthless for when trying to drink beer. And then, and then, uh, then, so the guy hasn't come back from the bathroom yet, but I see the girl that looked like the girl in the magazine, like kind of standing behind me over here, and then walking in, like, and looks like she's looking around the bar, like she's trying to look for this guy, but she can't find him. And then this is what's going through my head at the time. I'm thinking she's thinking, ah, oh, typical Hollywood computer programmer guy standing me up. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They always do this. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe you should date a comedian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I, either way, I just want, I just want her to stay. I don't want her to leave. So, uh, I say, Hey, Hey, are you, uh, are you looking for uh, Mike or whatever his name was? And then she, 
like, oh yeah, are you his friends? And they're like, yeah. And so then she comes to like sit down right by me, but my friend's sitting on one side of me and she sits down on the other side and I'm, I've still got the Playboy magazine <laughs> in my hand. And so I'm like, oh, oh she's probably so she flattered. like immediately does it. Like, I'm like, oh crap. I don't want to see like, I'm like some crazy. What a creep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be. <laughs> like, you look just like her. Look yeah. a little different than I remember. Yeah. <laughs> you have too much clothes on. Yeah, yeah. Can you take off your pants? I can't tell if it's you or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How rude. All right. No, there we go. About that well, angle. Yeah, there we go. Um, so, yeah, she said, so uh, the, the, it's got like a tablecloth on this table, and I'm trying to like hand it to my buddy underneath the table because at least he's one row away, one chair, you know, he's not right next to us. So I, and so, because I don't want to sit on my lap and she see him, I'm thinking maybe he can, I don't know what the fuck. So I think he has it. And then, and then right as she sits down, then I think he has it, but he doesn't. And then it like flops on the ground. Like, and that's right when like the waiter's walking by and getting our drinks and everything. I'm like, oh, and so I'm like grabbing my foot, trying to like pull it back. It's like a movie scene. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to like pull it back underneath the table and everything. And then somehow I, I think eventually it just gets squished up. I like kind of kick it. So it's like crunched up underneath the table a little bit, just so it don't come back out. And then, um, and then she starts saying, oh, so where's so-and-so? I'm like, oh, he's making a call or I don't know what he's doing. And then she's like, oh, so what are you guys, are you guys his friend? And then another friend of this guy's comes. Maybe it was right before she got there. I can't remember. But it, it's such a small table that he's actually sitting at the table kind of like next to us. But he's supposed to be a Still other, part of it. Yeah. other friend that he invited. And I'm pretty sure this day, because my memory's a little bit foggy on it, but I think it was Joe Coy. Or, you know, Joe Coy, the comedian? I don't think I don't so. Know. But anyways, but he was not famous at the time. And he is just kind of, he doesn't say a word really the whole time. He's just sitting there like, kind of like staring. He doesn't, we don't even know if he's really involved in this thing. And, um, but, uh, so then she says, where's he at? Blah, blah, blah. I say he was gone. So then she starts saying, oh, so where are you from? And then I say, oh, well, I just um, moved down here from Oregon. I was living in Oregon. And then she's oh, I'm, I'm from Oregon. Where at in Oregon? And I'm like, oh, this. And so then we start like bonding over Oregon and stuff. And then, and then she says, uh, so what do you do for a living? <laughs> and then uh, and I'm like, oh, man, I can't tell her I'm a comedian, yeah. you know? I didn't think about this. And I, I I think I'm, I, I have to think I must've thought about this ahead of time, or maybe it was just like a standard answer. I don't know. But I said, um, well, actually I work for this thing where we do this thing where we help like children swim with dolphins and stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how I've thought of that or why, but I good call. that was good call. I know that's what I said. And she's like, and then I'm like, yeah, it's being financed, but I just started making up. So I was being financed by the guy that owns the Portland trailblazer. I don't know what I was saying, but I was just (laughs) talking shit. Yeah, I really am. I'm just, I'm, I don't, I'm so then she's like, Oh, that is so sweet. I can't believe that. That was great. And then, and then the guy comes back, you know, the guy we're there to hang out with the guy I only met once on the road, the comic. And then he's like, oh, I see everybody's met here. Everybody's met here. I'm trying to get old of Jerry, whatever the fuck. I don't know. So I'll be back in a minute and you guys do what you're doing. And then so then she starts talking to me. And my friend's just still getting hammered. He ain't even saying pounding them. Yeah. And then uh, I'm a professional mm-hmm. drinker. Yeah. <laughs> he is. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> she says, uh, uh, so, OK, I got to tell you something. She said, I'm supposed and this is Valentine's Day, mind you. I'm supposed to go to a party tonight at the Playboy Mansion, and um, I can bring one guest, but I don't want to bring him because I'm I'm really not into him. I was just being nice, and I told him, and I didn't realize it was tonight and everything and stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. but she goes, but you seem really cool. Oh shit! Yeah, get she out said, of here. No, I, so she, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> do you do you want to go with me to the man? And 
after having the you know Paul, seeing Paulie Shore's mom's boob, you know having <laughs> Michael Jackson's guy yell at me and everything, and so uh, things weren't going good. I'm sleeping at the base of my friend's uh, bed and everything, and I I just I'm like oh my god I'm just thinking like. I mean, yeah. my mind is exploding with the opportunities that are going to be provided to me, you know, not just uh, going to a play mansion and all that brings, but then I'm going to meet like Tony Danza. I'm going to, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start making ah. famous contacts, you know, I'll get up there in the world. I'm going to start doing well for myself. And so I just tell my buddy, I say, I say, yeah, yeah, I'll come with you. I say, just, I don't care how you get home, but don't worry about me. I'll figure it out. I'm riding with her. I'll, uh, we'll be good to go. And then uh, the guy where they meet finally comes back and sits back down. He's like, all right, so have you guys looked over the menu? What should we get to order or whatever? And start some apps. And then I'm like, and then she goes, uh, oh, well, I've only been able to stay for a few minutes because I, I was trying to tell you before you left that I uh, I have I have a photo shoot I have to do tonight and I got to go to it or whatever. And he's like, oh, man, well, that sucks. So he goes, I guess I'll just hang out with these guys or whatever. And I said, well, actually, I got a thing I have to go now. <laughs> Something just came up. I'm Literally just gonna came catch up. a ride with her. <laughs> and then uh, what? Yeah. And it was. And then so. And then I'm, we're like getting up to go, and I'm I'm just like thanking the Lord. Like finally, my prayers are being answered in life. And then right as that happens, then all of a sudden, everybody in the restaurant and the waiter and everybody in there are ah surprise! You're on Spy TV. And it was like a hidden camera what? show. Oh no! Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it was a hidden camera show, to, and the gist of the joke was to see if you would sell out your buddy to go off with his girl or something and like you that. Did. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't I? I only met this guy once on the road. I'm going to the Playboy Mansion. There's no reason why I wouldn't sell this sucker out for that. So that's and why like, he wasn't involved in the. Yeah. He always had a call or yeah, something yeah. that he was doing because so he was yeah. part of it. Yeah, oh. and I guess he was supposed oh. to. Yeah. Come back earlier during different times. They were supposed to have cues where he was supposed to come in, but the control room told him, "No, wait, stay back." Because me and my buddy were making like tons of jokes about the drinks and everything <laughs> that they just like we had like so many things that they just wanted oh to keep filming God. that they stalled him for a while before he came back and everything. And then so after this happens, they're like, "Yeah, there's a camera behind that mirror and this and that." And everybody in the and it turns out everybody in the restaurants involved in this, right. you know. Yeah. And so then. And it's just, oh, when this... you're on a hidden camera show and you're not expecting to be, it's sort of like a stunt, especially when it's like you're going to the peak moment yeah, of your yeah, life, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the peak moment of your life. I could get much better. Now, than this. Yeah, down to like the worst moment that you're finding out is not true, and what, and I was just still so stunned. I couldn't, I didn't even know like what was. I'm like, what, what. We're not going to the mansion. So that's yeah, exactly what I said. Like, yes, we're walking. They're like, because they were going to film several scenes of these incidents and then see which right. one that they had were the funniest or yeah. whatever and use clips from them and stuff. So when we're they're like escorting us out of the restaurant so they can get the next people set up, they're like, I'm like, walk, I'm like, so are, are we not? going to mention the word we and then she's like oh no and i'm like well i'm i'm i'm, I'm not really working with dolphins i i uh, <laughs> well, i'm a comedian i uh... <laughs> did it air and it, my brother saw it i didn't yeah. saw it but he said he saw it and uh but they wanted me to sign the release for it afterwards and then i was like i don't i'm not i'm not i was so pissed i was like i'm, <laughs> right, not, signing it. I'm not signing it and um, I thought I said, Johnny Carson wouldn't sign something like that. And then uh, that was the only <laughs> reference I had. For <laughs> Johnny, and they're like, what? Johnny Carson? He, like, oh, he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't be on some hidden camera show before he hosts it tonight, John. Sorry. <laughs> he and just wouldn't do it. <laughs> but eventually they talked me into it because they were going to buy me pizza or something. 
Never Next pizza. meal, there we go. <laughs> so your but buddy, after that. your buddy got wasted for free, and yeah. he wasn't in on it either, was no, he? No, he wasn't in on it either. Yeah. So that's why yeah. he was like, "Who's this guy?" Yeah, and that's why we were. That's why they kept bringing us these little small glasses because they didn't want oh, us to go did. through like tons of boots. So they kept like bringing it because you know they're paying for it, and we weren't going to end up paying for it in the end. So they were trying to keep us as sober as possible. Yeah, <laughs> and your buddy's end. like, I've had seventeen of these. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> we really yeah. It was probably NA beer. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like the only thing an easy glass is more worthless if they had a hole in the bottom. Right, they're so terrible. <laughs> I know. Really. In retrospect, probably is where this is coming from. But you would think like you're going on a date with somebody, you're not going to have a constant barrage of phone calls you have to make. <laughs> yeah, you right. know, but right, you know, know that should have right, been a red yeah. flag. But in, in yeah. the same and instance, you're yeah. like. Yeah, you know, not, you're not going to have, I mean, all, and you're in L.A., you're across right, that shit, right. but you're just, your mindset's not there, you know, especially yeah. when you've kind of felt like you've been, because, sh- you know, I moved down from Oregon, I was right. dating a woman up there, there's got to be a horrible situation, then I moved down, like, in L.A., all these bad things, like, I'm not working out at the comedy store, my friend took my spot, I'm not getting here, this guy hates me, and, you know, <laughs> finally, I'm sleeping in the bed, I don't got a car, and what, it's, things are just going terrible, so then, and then that, and then, yeah. oh, you're just not, you're not in that mindset, it's right, like, right. such a weird thing. right. And, um, but now you're cautious of it everywhere you go yeah, in life. Yeah, if yeah. anything's like too good to be true, you're like, wait a minute. There's a hidden you know? camera somewhere. Yeah. Reminds me of that, uh, that, uh, Entourage episode. Did you ever watch Entourage? I did, but, I um, it was with Pauly Shore and they, they get drama and they, they're, they're going to have Chuck Liddell like beat him up inside the octagon or something like that. And he's like, you got got. And it was that time. Oh, really? so, yeah. yeah. So, you know, well, um, so after that, I think that's, um, that's probably when I met you because I, after that, then I, I just had enough of LA and things. <laughs> like, Fuck I just, I just, uh, I just not working. I just, so I just flew back to Cedar Rapids and then I just got a job like delivering pizzas or whatever. And then just, you know, working out of the Midwest doing shows again and stuff and trying to get it before I ended up eventually going back out to California again and stuff. But, but uh, yeah, I just had to regroup after all that, but that's about the time <laughs> that I met you back then. Jesus. <laughs> after all that. <laughs> wow. That's that's uh, an amazing story. I didn't know where it was gonna go until like the very end, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> I didn't think it was gonna end up like that. At yeah, all, you yeah. know, yeah, I was already like, so it was all set up with like the the what magazine you doing and everything. Yeah, yeah what you, you do? Know, what so you do? everybody <laughs> seen you looking at this fucking magazine. Yeah, and then the fact that it actually fell on the floor, and I'm like, yeah. to go like yeah. this, yeah. like there was like lots of. Like oh, yeah, you realize like everybody in the restaurant was like paying attention to you and pretending to have false conversations yeah. and everything. And, that is fucking yeah. hilarious. Dude, think of the odds of how many people that happens to. I mean, right. there's a lot of shows like that out there, but the, you know, I mean, that's funny, man. Yeah. And it was on, it was no. a show was on NBC for a season or two. And it was, I can't remember who was it. Some, some guy hosted it that you would know from some other show. I can't remember what his name was, but now there's punked, but yeah. Or there, then punk, that know, turned into that. punked. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was a good story. Dude, your That's stories are amazing, dude. Yeah, so I've had a lot of funny, just, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I, don't, I haven't even begun to talk about, but, but yeah, it's just been crazy. Like, I always, especially early on in my career, I always find myself walking somewhere late at night, leaving some sort of crazy situation that happened somewhere. <laughs> Is there in a common denominator in that? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I still have these shoes that I would always look down and I would die. Oh, I'm wearing these same shoes and I'm walking to some weird road in Montana in the middle of the night, you know. You know, being on the road as a comedian is a tough, tough gig, and uh, you've been doing it, and yeah. uh, you have done it, and, uh, you know, kudos to you, man. I mean, you, your last show, you just uh, just did at Penguins, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, I just did a little hosting thing down there. Yeah? 
Um, so it wasn't anything major, was but it uh, Uncle Stutter or, or uh, yeah, uh, Stutter and John, Stutter, Stutter and John, and John. yeah, was helping out. Okay, that was putting on a show. James Larson was putting on a Stutter and John show, so I helped him out. I just played at his yeah. bar. I think that. Oh same yeah. Night. yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Jimmy Z's, right. shout out was to that, Jimmy Z's. Did you have one there Friday night? Was that they had a uh, reunion down there? I think. Uh, yeah, Jeff it, Johnson had his. Reunion. No, it, that's not. I didn't do it for that. Okay. So. Um, what shows do you have coming up here? Uh, so I don't have anything in Cedar Rapids or uh, Iowa coming up uh, anytime soon that people can check out. Book them. But, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I got some stuff on the road. You can go to my website, timsullivancomedy.com. That's all my listings of, you know, series gigs and things like that. Dude, you have the most amazing stories. And here's the thing. I wish I had, like, a five-hour podcast. Yeah. But we're coming up on two and a half hours here. Let's wrap it up. And I'm going to have you back here in, like, November. Yeah. Uh, usually good. you do a holiday show, don't you? And uh, yeah, usually, I used, yeah, I usually, yeah, I usually headline uh, down to Penguins uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, yep. is usually okay. what it is. I'm not sure if I'm doing that. Uh, he had asked me to do that earlier this year, but I, I don't know if I got back to him or not. Um, so my buddy Pete Wilcox, uh, who's been on, he was actually on the very first episode, and I think episode eight, um, of this podcast. Uh, he's a lifelong buddy of mine. We've known each other since like kindergarten, and he just recently started doing uh open mic nights down at Penguins. Now, he's been writing for a little over a year now. Um, the guy's super funny. Uh, but uh, I, I watched uh, some of his sets. So he wanted to be here today, but he didn't get oh, off work in time. So uh, we'll definitely have him. Uh, he, he wants to pick your brain. Yeah, and, that'd be good. Uh, I'll, I'll link up, you know, if you're if you're cool with helping out uh, yeah. aspiring comedians yeah. and so yeah, forth. Yeah, I always you know. like to try to, you know, help out any anybody that will, you know, take my back. I try not to be intrusive on people's lives. But, you know, if anybody feels like there's something I can give them or help them out or – you know, I mean, like I said, I've traveled around. I've, it's, it's not even just about comedy, but sometimes just seeing the world and seeing how people right. react. And you have to read a lot of people, you know, depending on, right. you know, doing shows where sometimes I always think it would be nice to be a musician and just be up there to play. And then people get into it. They get into it. If they don't, they don't. But with comedy, you know, you have to try to figure out where people are coming from because you need their reaction. You can't just let them, you know, right. talk at the bar or wherever. So, yeah, we did a show at uh, Cocktails and Company. Oh like yeah, seven, you used to do that. Ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it open mic. Yeah, nights, those, you know? some of those can get kind of rough, yeah. like that. And that's kind of how you know when I was initially getting started doing shows, you would find rough rooms like that. Like I've been down in Texas and I <clears throat> did a show, and like a guy was upset in the front row for some reason. I was having a great show though, and he was. I said something to him, and then he got pissed, and he tried to like rip my shirt, and then I was going to bash a beer <laughs> bottle against his head, and then <laughs> the cops showed up after the show, and then. They asked if I want to press charges on him because he's trying to rip my shirt. And then the next night, I, this was in Odessa, Texas, so they were had that Friday Night Lights. You I was going to say that. Yeah. 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 But yeah. what people don't realize is there's also uh, another football team in that town. You, They act like in the movie that that's the only football team in that yeah, town. Yeah, they do. You know? act, yeah, but it's but not there's the a yeah. rival team yeah. in that town. And so I was making some jokes about it. And then turns out while I was selling my CDs after the show, then these they started to fight between the football teams Jeez. whoever went to one high school or whatever mm-hmm. and, and the tvs were getting thrown around in the comedy room oh my everything. god and then the cop shows up who was there the previous night and asked me if i wanted to press charge he's like what's with your show how come we have to keep being called <laughs> <laughs> to your show and draw so, out a rough crowd but yeah i mean i just i as there's and then you know i'll finish with one of these stories but i was doing a show one time in oregon and and uh uh somebody was it was at a college town it was I had a, a lot of rough things happen to me that day. It was probably shortly before I moved to LA. And then um, this guy was talking in the background, and I just said, "Shut up! I'm not even going to say a funny comment to you. Don't even 
I'm not going to make the rest of the audience laugh. Just shut up right now. And then he wouldn't shut up. So I eventually I took a bottle of ketchup and I dumped it on his head. Oh, and then I walked back to the microphone. I said, anybody else want to talk? And then nobody else said anything. They're like, and then I go, and then the guy wanted to fight me. And then the guy next to him was like, no, he's funny. You don't want to fight him. And then, um, and then I was like, he's ah, a funny guy. Yeah. so it's just, I mean, I don't mind mixing it up with people. If I have to, yeah, if you get a dump ketchup there, on their know, head yeah, yeah. or whatever, but, uh, you know, that's crazy, man. You got some crazy stories, dude. Yeah. So, dude, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely, definitely, guys. definitely. Yeah. Sorry for the uh, the the technical difficulties in getting the show started well, today. The hour of life you seconds. can't get back. Oh. Yeah, hour of your life. <laughs> the, the, the hour of life. <laughs> you can't finally, get back. my computer, the one I usually record, uh, had just had an update, and it was a big fucking drag. Yes, it was a drag. Yeah. That's what it was so. Well, it looks we're like all, it was. yeah, we're all good now. So, okay. Tim Sullivan, ladies and gentlemen, timsullivancomedy.com. Yeah, you can check out there. It's got links to my YouTube, Twitter, and whatever else. And then uh, hopefully I'll be able to. Yeah, I don't do Instagram. I don't do that. Yeah. But I probably should. But yeah, I just. Have you ever thought about shooting like a special here in town? I do need a. I do. You know, I. I do want to. I seen that this. I don't know if I'm out of line saying this based on what, but I know they're opening that Olympic Theater. Um, they're gonna, uh, you know, where uh, cross street from Macomb Horse right now that. Third Street Live or whatever. Oh yeah, oh, what yeah, it used to be. Yeah, yeah. that into okay. like a venue again, live venue. Yeah, again. yeah. We heard that somebody was saying that. I didn't know it was going to be like a comedy venue. Yeah, no, well, it's, it's not going to be. Oh. It's going to be for anything. Okay, yeah. so I got like you. Seats got you. 300, and then it'll have a standing room. Oh, but okay. I always thought it'd be cool to do something like that. But also at Penguins, they're going to be renovating down to Penguins. Supposedly it was what they were telling me uh, last weekend that they're going to be doing a lot of new things down there. So that might be a yeah, yeah. Cool yeah. well um and if you know i don't know what your you know production you know budget is or anything but uh, my son could always help out he could set up oh, a couple cameras great. uh we could help you get a board set up record all the audio he could mix everything you probably have two or three camera angles that would be awesome and yeah. just something, so, just something to put out on youtube like yeah cool. you know um oh. you know it, you know we probably tape i don't know two shows well and that's what shows. i'm working toward yeah. like i said I'm, i've got a whole new you know you tell jokes for so long and some you know you take with you comics take them for so long but i've been working on so much new stuff that and stuff that i've written for 20 years that i i've been going through books and books right. over these last you know this last year and trying to dissect and find good stuff out of all these things that i've never told before but i've written down so um it's just a process yeah. of getting it all out there. but once i do i'm gonna i want to debut something like yeah, that. Yeah, getting something out so. on YouTube, you know, a 45-minute or an hour-long <laughs> special or something, even yeah, if it's, you know, not highly produced, but just something to get out there, mm -hmm. you know, to... Uh, I, I definitely need better. That's one of my uh, things, too, is I have various video things, but it never seems like I get the right quality when right. I need to, so... Well, you need to have the audio recorded separate, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, uh, you, you could look at a, you know, look into production companies and so forth that do that around here, but you're going to you're gonna have a you're going to have yeah. a pretty big expense connected yeah. to that. So, but, um, anything else you want to tell anybody? So yeah. Uh, podcast like I said, uh, uh, check out, I'll probably be putting it on my, uh, um, comedian, uh, Facebook page or whatever, uh, soon this project I'm working on, but awesome. I can't really announce it till probably later this week, but it should be pretty cool. Awesome. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Sullivan, comedian. We got DJ Verbatim here. Yep, yep. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. Later.